Hey everybody, welcome to Campus Comics Cast, coming to you from Carbondale, Illinois, with special guests from the Campus Comics crew, and now, here's your host, the man with the previews in hand, Mike No. on Main Street in Carbondale, Illinois. Uh, first off, I'd like to thank a uh, great friend of the store, Tyler Wright, for the nifty intro music. Uh, he wrote it and uh, performed it all himself and really appreciate it. It's great to have talented friends, as I'm pretty untalented myself. But anyway, we're going to be taking you on a, a guided tour of the October 2017 previews catalog. To help me do that this month are... Uh, Scott Reed. Dan Brown. And Mike Atchison. All right, and uh, before we get started going through the through the previews, I'd kind of like to make a clarification. After our last podcast, uh, Dan correctly observed that we're assuming that everybody knows what previews is when we say that and when we talk about previews. Uh, if you're not aware of what it is, I apologize that, and I'd like to take just a couple of minutes to right that egregious wrong. Uh, so basically, the short version is, in the United States, North America, and many parts of the world, uh, the only company that is a distributor of comic books and related merchandise is a company named Diamond Comic Distributors. And every month, Diamond puts out a catalog of all the offerings that all the different publishers and manufacturers of comic-related merchandise um, is going to be offering. And that catalog is called the previews, and that's what we're going through month to month. Um, as a rule of thumb, the uh, items are offered in catalog with a two-month lead time. So in other words, the October 2017 previews that we'll be going through tonight uh, will be start shipping to stores in December of 2017. So uh, that's about all I got to say. So anybody want to jump in and start? Uh, what do you want to look at this month? I don't have anything till DC, so I'll let you guys take well, the start of the catalog. <laughs> I've got uh, something in Dark Horse here. We've got a new printing of Incognito, and I am pronouncing that correctly. Uh, it is about a um, black reporter in Mississippi who is light enough to pass as white, and uh, sort of, you know, about some of the Jim Crow and some of the uh, racial issues we've had in this country. Uh, I never read this the first time around. I believe it was originally Vertigo. Uh, but Dark Horse is doing a new printing of it now, so I might check that out now since I didn't catch it the first time. Um, I've seen that as well, Dan. I, yeah. had, a, I had a note on yeah. that, and I don't typically, other than um, uh, some of the uh, Lemire stuff, I haven't really purchased much Dark Horse. But um, this looked really interesting. It looked like a uh, something in good taste. And maybe even uncomfortably so for yeah. some readers. So that to me is a sign, a sign of um, a piece of literature that, uh, that that's worth its while. Uh, then going to page fifty, we've got Hellboy, Krampusnacht. <laughs> I guess it's right. a uh, looks like it's a special that Mike Magnolia is writing, and then Adam Hughes is drawing. Looks like sort of a winter themed Hellboy special that's coming out. So I'm assuming that ties in with, like, 
Krampus. Yeah, looks okay. like it. Hipsters, there, hipster Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah there are, there are several <laughs> Krampus related things in the in the oh, catalog yeah. this month. Okay, so. so I guess that's a December release, so maybe they're considering yeah. this like Christmas offerings. Right. Yeah, that's probably what this is about. But it does look like nice Adam Hughes art too. Right. You know, and don't get a lot of interiors from him anymore. For sure, and Eustemiola is writing it. Yeah, it looks oh, like that's what it cool. says. Very cool. Some dark horse, anybody? I have a couple things, but I have to roll back even to uh, the, the previous section to, to the dark horse, dark horse section, which is um, uh, what they call scoop. And it talks about top three Wonder Woman keys net over $1.5 million at auction uh, on eBay. Um, and considering uh, Wonder Woman's prominence uh, after a movie and uh, you know, just being a long-lived character, and I just you know, a lot of a uh, lot of love for the character. Uh, but All Star Comics number eight, which was her first appearance, along with a copy uh, that was a nine point four CGC oh, wow. graded. That's crazy. Copy. That's yeah, it's hard to even believe that's in existence. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, a nine point six copy of Sensation Comics number mm -hmm. one, and a nine point zero copy of Wonder Woman number one. Totaling uh, 1.5 million um, on eBay, so wow. I thought it was worth mentioning. Pretty yeah, cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I had something else in Dark Horse, which was it's reprints, but something I've learned to uh, gain a, a better appreciation for uh, thanks to Mike's ish, uh, stock of back issues uh, <laughs> or reprints of uh, ECs. And you're and well versed in those now. Well, yeah, well, I, I, I do... Uh, Spent a lot of time. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got to say that um, uh, the EC Archives, the Vault of Horror on page uh, 55, um, you know, it's, you, just something that caught my eye is that EC sort of was the birthing ground of some of the best creators in comics. Mm -hmm. yep. Bill Gaines, um, Harry Harrison, Wally Wood, Harvey Kurtzman, um, just phenomenal phenomenal it's kind of neat to go back and see their early work oh yeah and those ec things man they just always never fail to impress me and i do take some time and read some of those i mean those stories if you stop and think written in the 1950s yeah and they were covering some of the same themes and everything i had to take pictures of a story like a six-page story and text it to a guy because i mean these are the same things that they were talking about in watchmen you know what i mean right. happening like 40 years before that you know i mean well 30 years well yeah you know, it, it was amazing. before we went backwards in the 50s with you know the ultra you know the, the mccarthyism and things right. like that yeah. i mean everybody was scared of their own shadow and, mm -hmm. and um thankfully we're we've made our way out of that yeah i think that one i was talking about was like their um weird science you know i think it was their sci-fi mm -hmm. book and it was talking about a guy Staging an invasion from Mars to unite Earth, so we would over. You know, I mean, it's this no, whole yeah. thing of <clears> what <throat> you know, Ozzy Mandius was doing, and just the fact that they did that 40 years earlier right. is amazing. You know, so don't don't write off books just because they're old. There's yeah. some pretty cutting edge, great ideas. In those exactly. Things. Only other thing I have I have in Dark Horse is Rebels, these free and independent states trade paperback. Now I haven't <laughs> bought the issues. Um, but everything I hear about it, anything, and I love history and, and almost as much as I love comics, so um, it's something maybe I'm going to start picking up and trade. Uh, Brig, uh, the uh, Rebels and Briggsland and things like that, so okay. worth mentioning. DC? Yeah, I think so. Uh, page, page 79. 
Immortal Men, number one. This has got to be the worst cover gimmick I have ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> because it's a fold-up, up-and-down cover, so it has a flat oh, yeah. bottom and a flat top. And the, uh, the thing that really kills me about it is, as the advertisement, they show the back cover and say, advertisement as what the back cover is like why even bother yeah. showing that yeah. just show oh the show yeah. the vertical fold out so. my word i wrote down in my notes was gimmicky yes I mean, big yeah, time come on. this That's... is 2017 mm-hmm. um i don't like the idea i did something like this back when i was in college for an art project where mm-hmm. i had a comic that fold out in an untraditional manner like this but i staged the art to go along with the movement of the folds and how that would open up this just looks like three covers stacked yeah, together, yes. you know, yes. like three interlocking covers that they're just printing together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. So instead of a wraparound cover, exactly. it's like a vertical gate. Yeah. Yep. Like if there was more, if there's like something done storytelling wise with that, I think it would be way more effective right. than what it looks like they're doing here. I like, yeah. Features an unprecedented vertical. And there's a reason. Cover. Yeah. Yes. How, many, how many of these are going to get damaged? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Do you get a mint one at the store now? now? Now, Jim Lee is doing the art on, of course, that the, the cover gimmick is through a lot of the books in D.C. this oh. month. But um, Jim Lee is doing the art on Immortal Men number one. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. That uh, can't yeah. be past six. Yeah. I, I, yeah. If he goes to six, that'll be, <laughs> a, uh, that'll be a minor miracle, I think. All right. So, my thoughts on, on this is that I was at C2E2 when they announced this project, and uh, I was mildly intrigued. Um, I, 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 I like some of the character concepts. Uh, I like the idea of the terrifics. Um, I even like um, the fact that you know they're bringing some of these various ideas from different parts of the DC Universe into one area. My question um, with Plastic Man, though, is you know I'm, I'm kind of used to his black and red outfit and he looks like if if you remember his son offspring has that black and white um, outfit and maybe they're just doing this to stay consistent with phantom girl um, from the 30 that's where i say the 30th 30th century century, because i'm you know i'm used (laughs) to that because i'm from the 20th century actually the 31st century now and mr terrific so that's cool um although like uh, yeah metamorpho can't morph into black and white yeah, what's right, that about? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. But I'm always, I was gonna bias against Plaz, as good of a character as he may be, because I'm a Ralph Dibney guy. Um, but that's not anyone else's problem but mine. Um, <laughs> you'll still read it and you'll love it. Yeah, I will. I will. I think I will. Uh, this whole damage guy, you know, this big beast-looking guy. Uh, I, I have to wonder. You know, they're using the same name as the Grant Emerson. Um, character from the 90s that was a legacy character, the son of um, Al Pratt of the Golden Age, old, uh, the Golden Age Adam. And I don't think there's any relation. If they, there is, it's far off course. What do you think, Dan? I don't think that's my damage. I got here straight to the point. Now that, that dam- now, that damage evolved into Adam Smasher, right? During yes. JSA. Is that character still around anymore? No. No. no I f- was- actually, not. That isn't the same character. Adam Smasher was originally Nuclon from the Infinity Oh, that's right. And he was Al Pratt's godson. That's right, okay. Um, I forget his... It was Rothstein? Rothstein? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. But, but yeah, not the not the same guy. But I hope this is successful. I I have to give credit um, when there's new attempts. And, you know, I don't know what the threshold is for what percentage of success. Uh, you know, when you try 10 new projects and... If one succeeds, is that 
the right threshold, or does it take three or four or whatever? So I'm interested to see how this goes. So there's a little bit of history of like if it doesn't try, it seems like they revisit it. Because aren't we like getting Aztec back of all things? Yeah, we like, are. You know? so <laughs> Word up, really, Mike. You know, Aztec's coming back. back. Where, where's he coming back at? Justice League of America, apparently, <laughs> which mean, we're we're gonna get to. He's he, they Vanity City, his home yeah. base has been. They've been talking about that in Justice League of America. And honestly, I'm one of the guys that bought all those. It was Grant Morrison that wrote that. Yeah. It was a very good series. It was, him and, about 10 it was him and Mark Millar, wasn't it? Yes. yes. So right then, where are you going to get them on a book together again anymore? Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. think about it. That's not happening. He's got some pretty cool powers, all draws from those, uh, you know, Aztec, yeah. you know, Montezuma-type um, gods. But uh, yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that was a misstep with that character's origin that kind of doomed that. But yeah. it was a good short run, which I assume will be back in trade if they're bringing him back. I would think, yeah. So. Not much stuff. It wouldn't take much to put him yeah. back. He yeah. died, so if now now's the yeah. time, I guess, to bring him back. Bring him back, yeah. right? 82 and 83, got the second and third issues of Doomsday Clock. Figure out if that Watchmen stuff that they're hinting about is going to be worth uh, anything in the in the Rebirth universe. Yeah, I'm really liking the variant covers better that Frank is doing. Yeah. For these, we had the Watchmen Superman one last month, and now we've got Lex Luthor contemplating the button, apparently. <laughs> on here. Right. I got nothing until page 99, so you guys go oh ahead God. until 99. Ooh, what do I got? Oh, I've got, the Batman I got books, 88, or? where we've got Action Comics this month with the return of Booster Gold. Oh, yeah. Uh, once again, written by his creator, Dan Jurgens. So uh, I'm really glad to see that character back. Hopefully they do something with him. I wanted to comment about that. You know, they do the holiday special, and it seems like they almost always have pretty good stories in those <laughs> holiday specials. I just, I, I, I've had good, I've felt good about them in the past, so... Um, it's always nice to occasionally get a one-and-done story out of comics because oh, so yeah, much for, now is written for, for trade. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's just nice to have a self-contained story that you can read from time to time. The best holiday, it wasn't even a holiday special, but it was a Santa or holiday-themed story. And I believe it was Justice League of America number 110. Um, go back, Dan. I'm looking at <laughs> that. My fellow historian. One of the best Christmas stories ever in yeah. a comic book. It's really good. It wasn't. It wasn't the ambush bug stalking stuffer. No, no. <laughs> was it that? Uh, the other thing we have right next to the holiday special is the Batman Ninja Turtles two crossover, oh, and that first one was really good. And I believe the second issue completely sold out when it came out. Mm-hmm. So, and it, I think this is the same creative team. It is Freddie Williams the second doing the art yep. again. So if you want to get this, you know, get in when it comes out. Don't wait. Mm-hmm. This will probably sell out like the others, and I think you know it's all collected now. But I think the individual issues. Last time I checked, I think the whole set's going to cost you about a hundred bucks now. Really? Oh, wow. So buy yeah. these for cover price. Yeah, you know, when you get the chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They even uh, when it first came out in trade, you know, I went back to I got a few of them in. I sold out when I went back to reorder the trade. Yeah. I had to wait for more to come in. You know, yeah. even the trade sold really well. Well, yeah. You know, so. Uh, we were talking about action, and I know this isn't in this this catalog. <laughs> have you guys been following the Mr. Oz storyline? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not because I'm reading it in trade, okay. so I'm just through the first trade so far. Oh, so spoil, yeah, yeah, so I'm I'm not there yet. So I mean, I don't have a spoiler, but I have my theories, and it's I got do to too. do with reversing the the spelling of the name, and yep. it's got to, yep. really yep. Ooh, great. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. great minds think yeah. alike. <laughs> All right. So I just, at first I was like, no, that is a sacred cow. You can't bring Superman's father back. And they, right. they aren't going to, I'm yeah. sure. It's yeah. going to be some... And I think there's and some even, precedence in that, too. Yeah, yeah. and right. even, even if they did, within five years, it's retconned. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, nothing's yeah, permanent exactly. anymore. Everything's no. fluid. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. <laughs> right. You seem so stunned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Sorry. Uh, we've got Batman White Knight number three coming out. Uh, first issue of this just came out. I was probably going to pass on this <laughs> until Mike said he held one back for me <laughs> at the store here. I just feel like it's, uh, you know, the concept was a reformed joker and i'm like well i read the going sane story years ago in legends of the dark knight do i really want to get into this but i was really surprised by how much i enjoyed this first issue it was really well done who's writing that that is sean murphy and he's doing the art too so yeah yeah, so it was really well done it is does he write usually i don't know i think he does some not i don't think he does a lot but uh right but yeah you've got a really Kind of stressed out over the top Batman assaulting the Joker, forcing pills down his throat in front of the media. Oh. <laughs> and then the pills do cure Joker in this first issue. And so now he's up in the law library of Arkham Asylum building his case against the police and Batman. Oh. <laughs> and saying that he has photos of the bat signal and that he will tie in the GCPD as Batman's accomplice in assaulting him. You know, there's more realistic aspects <laughs> oh, to yeah. what you just said. Me coming from a corrections right. background, you know, a, a prisoner going to the law library and researching, yeah, you know, some act that he considered a violation of his civil liberties. That mm-hmm. is, that's right on the mark. So right. I, maybe I need to pick that up. Maybe yeah, I, I would. I'd really like to hear your opinion on that. Yeah, too. Have you been reading Batman? Did you read the uh, the War of Jokes and Riddles? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. I've been kind of mixed with it. Yeah, I'm mixed too. I don't want to get into that last issue. Yeah. But it was, uh, I talked at length with Tyler, our esteemed uh, yeah. uh, musician. Musician, um, yeah. But it's worth a talk sometime. Yeah. On on ninety nine, is anybody reading Deathstroke just out of curiosity? No, I really like these uh, Ryan Soot covers though that they've been doing. Okay. <laughs> this this is I, I remember what Dan said last week about Aquaman, and I said here to quote Dan, "This is the best comic I'm not reading. I'm not, so much good about it, and I know Christopher Priest Priest is a, is a, is an excellent writer." Mm-hmm pretty dense and, and, and very deep and yeah. I, um, so if I'm going to get into it I'm going to have to go mm-hmm. back and go back to tra- I'm going to trade I'm, I think I'm going to tra- at least do the first trade and just yeah. give it a shot I had I didn't give it a shot the first time but uh, I may I may I need to backtrack on that and try to pick that up oh variant cover mm-hmm. by Shane Davis and Michelle Delecki they're I don't know if they're married or um, but they're either married or they were at a Cape Comic Con a few years ago Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I got a. Uh, I tried talking to Shane, and some guy was monopolizing his time oh. for quite a while. And I never Scott? got over there. Scott, I don't think it was me. <laughs> I love <laughs> Shane Davis as Captain Comet. It was, yeah. Well, it was it was funny. He comes. He actually came over to my table. I was I was there selling, and he came over to my table and started talking about like going to. I was at uh, supper with Jim. You know, Starlin. Oh, <laughs> it was like, oh, I, I just bust out laughing. It's like you just throw around names. Yeah. It's like it's just crazy. So, <laughs> oh, Jim yeah. Starlin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right after that, we've got uh, Dead Man Number Two by Neil Adams. Mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna pass on this miniseries because I'm not a big fan of Neil Adams' writing. Yeah, exactly. But we do have an interesting thing here on this cover where it looks like Dead Man is just looking at a big pile of mist. Mm-hmm. I assume there's another character in there that they've. 
hidden, you know, yeah. more elegantly whited out of this cover as opposed to just putting a silhouette. Mm-hmm. It looks like there, you know, actually is like sort of a fog effect over the character, but I assume he's looking at someone. Mm-hmm. Unless it's the, was it, the, the mist the from mist, Starman? The actual the mist, yeah, yeah the old yeah. Flash villain. That's a good idea. That's a good yeah. thought. You know, I, I'm tempted, but I'm hesitant because I was burned by Batman Odyssey that Neil Adams did. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Mm. And Reign of the Superman. Or oh, yeah, that, I didn't read that. that. Uh, I think that was called World of New Krypton that Jeff Johns <laughs> did a couple of years before, <laughs> yeah. but whatever. All right. Yeah, yeah, not too much. The Flash on page uh, 103 has actually been really good since Rebirth. I've enjoyed that quite a bit. I'm through the first two trades, so if you... Oh, and the TV show just started back up last... What was it? Last night last as night, we're recording. Think, yeah, 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 so... Um, Flash has actually been pretty good. I didn't realize Howard Porter was on Flash. Mm-hmm. I might need to start picking that up. Yeah. Oh, all the art. Okay, I was just thinking yeah. variant covers, but yes, all the interiors too, it looks like, huh? Yeah. I'm at 114 next. Oh, I got Justice League number 34 and number 35, and I was just thinking a minute ago, where else did I see Christopher Priest in here? Mm-hmm. That's right. So yeah. he's going to be taking over Justice League when Hitch leaves, it looks like? Mm-hmm. I hope so. Oh, Finally, yeah. no Hitch. I. <sighs> I don't think his art is even his. Uh, that last cover of Justice League I thought was phoned in. It just it was slapped together. Yeah, like I'm, I'm a fan of his artwork. I don't know if I need him writing. So, but I'll, no, I'll yeah. definitely be checking out this run on yeah, Justice the, League. The first Justice League trade was pretty marginal. Yeah, and I think wise, I think we've got wise. Pete Woods on art. I think he's done some really underrated art in the past. So hopefully he brings it to Justice League. And everything I've heard about Justice League and the Rebirth isn't it like it's always. It's always universe saving. It's mm-hmm. always this grand scale kind of thing mm-hmm. where if everything's special, nothing's special, you know. So well, you I I'll I'll dis stores. I'll disagree with that because I feel like Grant Morrison did a similar thing on his run with Howard Porter in the nineties mm-hmm. and they continuously built you know, over the course of that run and it got bigger every time and it was always captivating. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. the book when I turned sixteen and drove to the comic shop, that's the book I would read in the parking lot before I went home. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't wait to read that. They consi- that's a great run. They consistently build the threats on that book. I think it's you have to have talented people who know what they're doing. To do, to yeah. You know, yeah. I think you I have agree. to be crea- yeah. you have I, to be I, creative first enough. I was just like Mike, I was like uh, you know, not every issue needs to be a cataclysm. Mm-hmm. But then again, this is the Justice League. Yeah, I, you ha- there has to be a reason. The world-ending disasters in the in the seventies, and back when disaster movies were a big thing, you know. <laughs> um, so I I, I I didn't put it in the, the framework you just put it in, mm-hmm. Dan, with Morrison just being a better writer. Yeah, but that's what it is. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's it it's someone so, who's creative okay. enough to handle that. You know, not everyone is going to be. It makes me think, my first thought about War of Jokes and Riddles was, okay, you got all this stuff going on. It's going on for weeks. The Justice League didn't come in to help yeah. Batman. Uh, so. I also don't need every fight as a montage either. It right. gives me yeah. some actual action <laughs> yeah. over the course yeah. of that story. But I am like you. I can't wait to Priest takes this. I'm yeah, I definitely want to check that out. Uh, then after that, we've got the Justice League of America we were talking about earlier. You know, where it is, you know, they are talking about vanity, so hopefully Aztec is on the way. In that, I'll probably start picking that up, too, if he's in there. Uh, after that, we also, we've also we got the final issue of the Commandy Challenge. That's what I was going to ask if that was the, I can't remember if that's the last issue yeah. or not. So, I haven't read that yet, oh. but I want that. I want, that's a definite trade yeah. one that I'm going to be picking that's up. definitely been so. a good book. Hey, this, the, 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 the one written by Tom King, this last one I read. What issue was that? Seven, eight, maybe? Probably. Probably around nine yeah, or maybe yeah, eight or in nine. that ballpark anyway. It so. was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, you know, King's known for his moments. He's mm-hmm. known for his 
Um, he, this was just one of the best stories I've read. And I compare it and contrast it with DC Challenge of the 80s, oh, which yeah. was not very good. <laughs> <laughs> and this Commandy Challenge is a read. Wait till the trade comes out. Is it a? It's just a great romp through the commanding world. Yeah. It just sums up, you know, a uh, what was that, a 56-issue run, you know, it sums up that world in a way that anyone can come in and go, this is really yeah, cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. Covered by Frank Miller on that last issue, and then uh, Epilogue, Lynn Wien, we were talking about Lynn Wien earlier on, um, that is, is apparently wrote the epilogue for that, so yeah, yeah and does that anybody know that maybe the last thing he did, has anybody heard no anything idea. about that? Yeah, no idea. Gotta be close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like you were saying too about picking it up in trade, it probably will be a great trade. But I'm really enjoying the serialized nature of this with the cliffhangers. You right. know, the month yeah. to month, it really plays into that. Yeah, I kind of meant well, that more for people that are. Oh, sure. At this point, jumping on is going to be kind of hard to figure but out. But how many books do we read now that are decompressed for trade collections? This uh, this book is not. This is action, 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 crazy stuff is. every issue because you have a different writer doing yeah. each issue you know but it really kind of brings back that kind of old school it, yeah. you know cliffhanger theme with did it we, did we was uh i was looking at Mar- mr miracle okay. number five and i, I we, we talked about it last yeah i'll talk about last time so but that cover just really sums up you know just the opposite of what we talked about the justice league world ending mm-hmm. catastrophes but this moment with him sitting him on sitting on a beach outside of a theme park <laughs> With Big Barda. Mark Barda. <laughs> I'd buy that. I'd spend the, the $4 for the cover alone. Yep. <laughs> Don't try to do that, though, Mike. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I'm, just <laughs> I'm good till 139, so. Um, I got, uh, I just want to comment on page 137 about Checkmate, uh, volume two, trade paperback. I don't know if volume one was in last issue or last previews or not, but. Checkmate by Greg Rucka, um, and I want to say that Jesus Saiz was the artist for a big portion of that run. One, easily one of the best series of the 2000s. Easily. I don't care if you get it in back issues, I don't care <laughs> if you get it in trades, read Checkmate. It's nothing, it's, it's way beyond what you've seen in the 90s. So, my recommendation for the night if I have no other. <laughs> Well, go to 139. I was going. I was just going to throw out the superpowers trade. That's what I'm going to throw out too. <laughs> All right. Just because of the toy line and, and Jack Kirby, and I, yeah. I hear it's terrible, but uh, it looks like when it could I, be some fun. When I was 10, this was an amazing series. <laughs> I, 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 pick, I, I picked these up in dollar bids. I'll still go back to it. I'll still read them now. These were good stories. It was, you know, it was a tie into the toy line that Kirby also designed those figures yep. back in the 80s. But this is a rarity in that this is Kirby drawing most of the main DC characters. Yes. And that's about the only time you really got that. You've got, you know, Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkman. Mm-hmm. You know, then you've got Darkseid and his fourth world characters. But, you know, it was rare that you got Kirby drawing Batman and Robin. I wish they would have put the third volume in there, even though it's not drawn by Kirby. Yeah, I they, think... would, they should have put the Carmine Infantino in there as well, because I think it still had the Kirby covers. Just Carmen Infantino interiors. Do we? Do you remember? I, I feel I like it. So, yeah. yeah. So I wish I would have put all three yeah. in there just to be just as a completest. The, but. the third, the third definitely is the weakest of those books. Okay. But yeah, I can understand why they wouldn't include it in this. Even more so than Kirby had, you know, he had um, jumped the shark or gone over, you know, <laughs> yeah. past his prime. I mean, yeah. But even this, I mean, Kirby, this was. I loved it. I'm like you. I, I just mm-hmm. absolutely love this series. 
uh, in the 80s. Yeah, and it's, you know, I know it's a time to a toy line, you know, that kind of thing, but I feel like it is really an underrated chapter in Kirby's work. <laughs> I know a lot of hardcore Kirby guys aren't big fans of it. But like you know, Tyler told me he just picked some up the other day. You oh, know, yeah. at a flea market. For, you know, yeah. So I've got all the issues sitting in my two read pile. So yeah. I've, they're they're well, there. I just got to get around know. to them. I, I, <laughs> How tall is your two read pile? <laughs> it's, it's actually not that bad. I got two magazine boxes full. That's my that's my two read pile. So okay. it's not too bad. So <laughs> what's that? Okay, what's everybody else's? Uh, Look <laughs> nine or ten short boxes, but I'm including back issues that I buy. Yeah. You know, so. Well, I get to the point where sometimes I take stuff out of the two read piles. Like I'm not going to get to this, so I just right. I just finally right. just say I'm you know I'll come back to it later if I get a chance. So. What about you, Dan? I've got two long boxes and two short box short boxes of back issues to read that I haven't got to yet, and then I have two long boxes of like trades and hardcovers. <laughs> That's oh, where I'm at right to now. The <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. After you the win. after the yeah. crazy, con- yeah, yeah my, mine's not too bad. After the crazy convention season, <laughs> yeah. and and I put I put some dumb stuff back in my two read pile. Like I have the first twelve issues of Alpha Flight in my two read pile right now, just because I want to go back and revisit that. Mm-hmm. So right. I, and I don't know why, but it's there. Right. So you know, <laughs> right after that too, we've got the Superman Exile and other stories omnibus. Uh, this is sort of a uh, weird time for Superman. This is pe- post John Byrne, before Death of, mm-hmm. and I think there's some really overlooked stuff in that run. I think there's some really good stories in there. Um, this would be after he executes the Phantom Zone criminals at the end of Byrne's run, kind of loses it and goes off into space. Mm-hmm. There's some really good stories here. There's some really good stories after this, so I hope they do another volume collecting the Day of the Krypton Man storyline, which I don't think has ever been collected. When you say unrated, it goes right in line with Roger Stern, one of the yeah, best Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And he was he was a big architect of this run yeah. here. Mm-hmm. So. 141, just Tales of the Batman, Gene Colan, Volume 2. So Gene Colan on Batman, it would at least be pretty to look at if... Uh, regardless of how the stories are. So. You know, when I first read these Batmans off the racks at the time, um, I had no idea that Gene Colan spent all that time at Marvel. I didn't read any mm-hmm. Marvel. I didn't realize he made his name over there on, you know, Werewolf by Night or Tomb of Dracula or whatever. Tomb of Dracula. Tomb of Dracula. Yeah. But to me, um, he seemed like the way his art style was the most suitable. He and um, Don Newton, I remember thinking, these guys were made to draw Batman. Perfect. Was there a Don Newton collection recently or something like that? I believe Batman so. stuff. I thought yeah. there. I thought I saw something not too long ago. But he died very young. After that, going into Vertigo, we've got Astro City number fifty, um, not the fiftieth issue of Astro City, but for this run, and it looks like it's the beginning of a new arc. But I don't think I've ever read a bad issue of Astro I City. Wondering, I was wondering if that still held up. Yeah, that yeah. still is a very strong book. A lot of cool concepts they just kind of throw in there, but always worth it. And music's still right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know else. a thing about Astro City. I, I wish I... I guess I need to jump in with both. Yeah, I definitely would. I would think you would enjoy it. He was... Music was at... Super, uh, Metropolis uh, Superman celebration a couple years ago. I said I'm gonna go buy the first trade of Astral City from him, get it signed, and that's where I'm gonna start. He didn't bring a single comic book with him to sell <laughs> or anything on. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, it was just uh, like, gosh. Oh boy. I'm I'm done with DC. So whatever you got, you guys go on. Well, run here with in, it. here in the collectibles section, we've got this month's uh, Batman Black and White statue. 
Uh, usually I can pick out who the artist is pretty quickly, but this one is Jonathan Matthews, mm -hmm. who I wasn't familiar with, but he's one of the sculptors. Yeah. So it looks like they've given him his own Batman statue to do, and I think it looks pretty nice. Yeah. You remember when we went to the Derby City Con together mm -hmm. down in Louisville? The guy that was right across. Yeah, us? yeah, yeah. And I bought a couple of the black and whites. He he like did the original Bruce Tim style Harley Quinn black oh, and white. Yeah. He did the original Mike Mignola black oh, and yeah. white, which they're doing a color reissue. Yeah, of. but it's, it's a real big scale. version too, right? Yeah, but he's the sculptor on that. So okay. Very talented guy, very diverse, and he was just amazing to watch because you know he would take a pile of clay and as you're sitting there just talking to him, he's just. <laughs> It's amazing, you know. Like right. you see guys doing that sketching. Right. I used to see them do it with clay. Yeah. You yeah. Know? That to me is more amazing than drawing. That three-dimensional artistic. Right. On the same page, I do like just because it's Joel Jones, the Supergirl statue. I yeah. met her at C2E2. Just a sweet person, and I told her she her art style reminded me of um, Amy Reader. Is it Hadley? Or maybe it's just Amy Reader. She did the run. She did that uh, Madame Xanadu mm -hmm. series. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Real clean lines. Just listen to me talk like I know art. How long you been like reading that. comic books? Yeah. <laughs> long time. You know, know, you, know, you, know, you, know you know, you know art. You know. But she's she's just great, and I, I like that statue. You know what you like. Yeah. Exactly. So Denise, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would like to go back and look. Just yeah. I would encourage that if you're a Mignola fan, you know, and his Batman. It's kind of odd to me, but I mean, it definitely captures that, you know, his look, his art. I can't imagine being the guy that could actually translate that look into 3D, but it's pretty spot on. Um, on the page after the Manuela Batman statue, and again, that's that bat, back to the Batman. It's part of their uh, DC designer series, which for the money, you're talking about $150 retail. You get a nice 12-inch statue. The paint on these things has been impeccable, you know, everything. It's mm -hmm. just really good value for... For the money, those that are longtime statue collectors go all the way back to the days of Bowen. It's on that line with that kind of scale, that kind of quality. But by the time Bowen was done, he was doing two hundred twenty-five, two hundred fifty dollars for a statue. You right. know? So now to have one hundred and fifty, it's not bad if you're a collector. You know. Uh, so for these listeners out here, anyone that's listening, I didn't really get into statues until late in my comic career, so to speak. But it is the one thing that reminds you of your reminds one of their love for comics on a daily basis if you have a couple on your shelf. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not a collector, even if you don't know the first thing about who draw or who you know who designs them, pick what you like and buy it and you'll you'll be happy with it. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's a lot of my attraction here, you know. I was never a big collector, even a really big reader, but I was always about the art. And then in my later days, you know, I was a model kid, model building kid back in the Six, late 60s, early 70s, you know, that's kind of what really draws me the most is the, the collectible and the 3D kind of stuff. So also in this is the next edition uh, in this catalog, is the next edition to their ever popular bombshells line for DC. And this is the uh, Green Lantern Jessica Cruz statue. And she's kind of a like a, like a space traffic cop and kind of yeah. the theme for that one. There's also the latest red, white, and black Harley Quinn statue, which is a smaller scale statue, just like the black and white Batman statues. And this is based on the art of, uh, of uh, Babs Tar. I'm sorry, I was kind of hesitating on the name there, but she was the one that kind of revamped uh, Batgirl during the New 52 right, run yeah. with the Batgirl of Burnside. Burnside, yeah. So that it's that's that kind of style of that, you know. So well, going back to that Jessica Cruz Green Lantern, I think uh, that's one of the most innovative styles. One thing about great about Green Lanterns is that 
I mean, Gar- Guy Gardner broke the mold. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and really showed us as readers, you don't have to even be an alien to have a really unique costume and right. still be a Green Lantern. This is along those lines. And what I love is those. she has her handcuffs. Like Mike said, she's mm-hmm. uh, in this bombshell edition. She is a, a traffic cop. She's, her handcuffs are a construct. <laughs> I, this is great. It's going to go right next to my hot girl. Bombshell. There you go. Mm-hmm. So I'll just put you down right now. <laughs> uh, I've done that before. <laughs> put him down for two. Just <laughs> stay in the box. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, yep, just so. a few more statues, and Dan touched on a couple of them already, but pretty good offerings this time around. IDW? My first thing in IDW is uh, Back to the Future, Tales from the Time Train, where it looks like it's Doc Brown and his family when they were on the train that shows up at the end of the original Back to the Future trilogy. <laughs> so that's sort of a, you know, thing might be an interesting sort of story there of what they do with that. Also, it looks like uh, IDW has a lot of these artist edition variant covers that I'm pretty sure they've done in the past also, but it's sort of more look at just the original art done for Very some of cool. these covers. One, uh, 160 ROM and the Micronauts. So there's my two toy lines in, yeah, just in one book. So that's uh, something I'll definitely be picking up. 180. My next thing's on 182. So you guys stop oh, me. That's my face. Okay, yeah, then I'll let you. I'll let you go 182 first. Surely you're not interested in the Popeye. Well, I was just going to mention. I hear you're from that town. You know that has all the Popeye stuff. So I was going to ask you if you were, if you were uh, picking any of this stuff up. Well, I'm not a Popeye uh, collector, so to speak. But you're right. Chester, Illinois, is the um, the home of the creator of Popeye and all the characters that went along with that strip. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I, I, it just kind of hits me in the, the warm spots of my heart, but it's probably anybody that wants to learn something about Popeye, this, this great comic book tales book by Bud Sagendorf, it would be something to pick up. It's only 20 bucks, and it's, it's, it's an encyclopedia of um, collected stories. So my, uh, the, the personal story to go with Popeye for me is that my grandmother, uh, she knew some of the characters that were based, the people that were these characters were based on. So specifically olive oil. My, my grandma, who would have, she was born in 1911, so she'd be 106 now. She said that this woman who, uh, I forget her name, but she's buried in the Evergreen Cemetery, mm-hmm. uh, the real person, but she worked at a, a general store downtown Chester. And Popeye was, uh, I wanna say it was Bugs Buster Siegel or something like that was his real name. The reason they had this whole sailor theme, he was a riverboat pilot, and he was a drunk. Uh, don't sue me, anyone who's in the family. That is the stories I've heard. Uh, but Allegedly. He, was, he, he, he liked Allegedly. to drink and fight, uh-huh. and that's where you know LZ Seeger got the idea from, was based on this 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 guy, and, and, hmm. and um, I'm probably butchered. But there, the fan club is based in Chester. I mean, the people come from all over the United States and around the... Yeah, you know, around the country and, and the world to, to come see that stuff. So, yeah, that's why I mentioned that. I'm glad you did too. It makes me feel better. Thank I would like said I just was going to ask you about it. So, <laughs> that <laughs> Chester connection. That tree paperback's 180 pages for 20 bucks. Not bad. I mean, what the heck? That's good. <laughs> right next to that, on the next page, we've got uh, "We Spoke Out: Comic Books in the Holocaust," which is probably a more heavy read than Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, it is you know. 
talking about sort of comics and their history with World War II and that. And it looks like Craig Yo contributed to this also. And we've got a Neil Adams cover. Uh, I see one of the artists listed as Stan Lee, huh. not a writer. So I don't know if that's, yeah, that's a typo or if maybe he did draw something up for him hmm. in that. Anything else? IDW? I think so. Image? I'm, I'm ready for image. Image? Alright. My first thing in image is uh, bonehead number one. And I actually, until I looked at the extra image preview on that, I did. it really didn't even jump out at me. But it basically looks like parkour meets gang wars. So um, <laughs> I, usually, I usually try to like pick the one image book that I think might actually be worth some money. You know, you try to hit that next Walking Dead, you know, right. so you buy a couple issues of them, just stick them back just in case, and I'm always wrong. <laughs> but um, but that's that's my that's my guess that's for this month pick. is, uh, is yeah, is uh, Bonehead number one. So I'm going to yeah, buy grab a few of those and hope cross my fingers. Yeah, that's one that kind of popped out to me, too. It's like I don't get a lot of image stuff, but I am looking for some new indie books to check out, and this one looked like it might be interesting. It mm-hmm. is kind of a cool cover there with that main character. Yeah, and it's, it is what nice where they have that image preview. I wish they would just include that in the regular catalog, but right. you get you got to see some interior pages of it, and actually, actually that is that in the image plus. Yeah, it's in thing. the image, okay. yeah, image plus. Yeah, it's it's in there, so it actually looked pretty good. So, um, and then I got one ninety eight, and just to mention this, I don't know how this series lasted to eighty issues, but Elephant Men is on its wow. last issue at issue really? number eighty. Got one guy that still buys it. Yeah, really. Yeah. So John Molester that used to work here. I'm, I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, I wonder if he's the one guy. Yeah, yeah. so but but you know, sometimes if you're a completist, the last issue is tough to pick oh, up sometimes. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. that might be one you want to uh, get in on that order. How many, how many think, times I've been bitten by that? Yeah, if you yeah. think you're going to, you know, try to get them all, so yeah, it's pretty light on image for me for this oh, month. I only have one comment on image. It may be a little bit farther ahead than where you guys are, but a uh, Savage Dragon. And the only reason I mention is because Somebody, Savage Dragon. (laughs) Is it is it currently the longest running series in comics? I know Cerebus went a long time. Yeah, Cerebus went to three hundred. Three hundred. Yeah. I think Spawn's ahead of it issue count for uh, being like uh, yes, because like Spawn's like at two two eighty two eighty one. Yeah, it's two eighty one for Spawn, but I mean yeah, Savage Dragon. But you know, by the same creator, I think maybe only Cerebus beats it out. Right. Okay. You know. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Because you still have Eric Larson, one of the Image founders still working on this monthly book yeah so i think even even within the company he's got that you know right right but yeah Yeah. and it is and it is you know the other thing that's unique about savage dragon is it's basically in real time it has been 20 some years continuity wise since that story started you know we've this story now follows his son who's an adult now you know, so it's not the same Savage Dragon as when it started in the early '90s, but That's it is still, you know, yeah. Age oh, for sure, stretching and condensing timeline. Yeah, and it's know. the whole thing of like you can reboot without starting from scratch. Right. You know, he's changed up so many different things in, over the course of that book. Right. You know, it starts to slag, and then it's like, oh, he's stuck in an alternate world for 30 issues. <laughs> you know, it's not a cut, cut and dry kind of thing. Like he's all over with that book, right. and it has gotten. Kind of not safe for work lately <laughs> in these last couple of years, so maybe not appropriate for the ten year olds, but it's still an entertaining book. It was it was risky kind of early on too. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I'm also seeing keeping with the uh, Krampus additions to this catalog. We have Spawn a Holiday Krampus Tale one shot, and looks like you've got uh, Todd McFarlane writing that with a couple other guys, 
And it looks like he's inking the cover maybe on there. Oh, and after that, we've got the Wicked and the Divine Christmas Annual. I don't read this book. I don't really know anything about this. I just want to point out that this has got an ugly Christmas sweater cover. Uh, As a designer, I will tell you those things look very simplistic. They are a pain to do. These things are so difficult to create. It looks simplistic and like it'd be five minutes. It is not. If you see those designs, appreciate them. <laughs> Someone slaved to give you that that design. So don't take those for granted. <laughs> one thing I would like to mention before we leave Image here is it's one of the previous things you were talking about was uh, somebody just briefly mentioned Image Plus, which is a monthly uh, magazine that Image is putting out. And, you know, if you buy a previews catalog, you get one of those for free. But I kind of... Uh, wanted to point out that I'm not sure a lot of people are aware because nobody's picking them up because you don't have to buy the previews to get it. You can buy the magazine separately. But uh, Scott Snyder's second arc of Witches is being printed only in that magazine. You know, I don't know if it's going to come out in trade later, but it was, uh, you know, as far as there's not being issues printed of his second arc of that book, it's being included in the Image Plus magazine. So don't miss that because that was extremely popular when that first arc came out a few years ago you know good solid horror book one of the few comics i've read recently that actually just kind of creeped me out or even yeah. you know that first arc You're very yeah. stephen kingish and very weird you know yeah. what i mean but it's kind of creepy so if you're a fan of that stuff or you liked that book be sure and pick up image plus it's the only way to get it until it's collected yeah and i don't know if it's in these current issues but i had heard that ed pisker was going to be doing a story in there too okay and he did the amazing hip-hop family tree which we will be discussing later. <laughs> but for right now, is that everything for Image? Yeah, I think we're we ready for Marvel. I think so. Well, as if it's any big surprise, Gene, the adult Gene Gray is returning. And I only mention this because there is an Art Adams variant cover. <laughs> so I that's love yeah. yeah, so that's a uh, that's the only reason why I even, you know, bring it up is can't hardly get enough Art Adams art. Um, I see with this too they're doing and I've seen this a few times through the catalog here for the uh, Phoenix Resurrection story we have a remastered variant cover by John Byrne I'm assuming by remastered is we dug up some of his old art that we own and we've recolored it and it it does look really nice is John Byrne getting a cut for this (laughs) because I feel like John Byrne's sake I hope he does yeah uh, (laughs) I saw a few months back too they did variant covers with Jim Lee's old X-Men card art from back in the early 90s right Jim Lee's, you know, big wig at DC now, yeah. doing Marvel <laughs> covers, like, ah, kind of. Intellectual property, too bad. Yeah. yeah. Kind of yeah. Uh, one of the things I'm excited about in the catalog here is this new Marvel 2-in-1. Yeah, cool. Not so much about the return of Marvel 2-in-1, but the fact that we have Thing and Human Torch teaming up mm-hmm. because the FF has been absent from Marvel, Marvel for, for a, long a few time. years now. Mm-hmm. But why aren't they going, why isn't this issue 101 instead of issue 1? Because the legacy numbering, Shh. it should be. <laughs> <laughs> How long did we think it was going to last that Marvel would do a number one issue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. well, I think the money was on. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Someone else brought it up, but that oh is, yeah, for I, sure. I'm with Dan on this. That I that's the one. You know, I read Legacy. I I wanted to. Oh, this is a good time to see what's going on. If there's going to be, you know, somebody that's a peripheral Marvel fan, a place where I can jump on. Yeah, go on, go forward with. I loved, I really did like that legacy one shot. Yeah. If I could just figure out 
where to go from there. Oh, That's for my sure. Question: I don't know where to go from there. Now, granted, when Rebirth came out, because I'm I know DC, I've, I know all kinds of things about DC. I, don't, I knew right. where to go with titles I wanted to follow. I don't know that, and there's really no guide that I can think of. But what appeals to me is this Marvel two in one. Yeah. And I can, there was there was other storylines that were you know sort of um, bur- being birthed in uh, Legacy that I thought would be cool to follow. But I just don't know. If yeah, I'm, I'm in I'm in exactly the same boat as you are. I'm a DC guy. I'm like I'll pick up Marvel Legacy. It'll probably relate to something I read Marvel later on. Yeah. But I'm like I was really surprised by how well that special was. I don't know where to go from here. You probably I would know. say Captain America, because at this point you got Wade and Somni yeah, on that yeah. book, so that's probably going to be a solid book at least as long as they're they're working on that one together. So beyond that, it's that's tough to say. And <laughs> and if you are still looking for the Marvel Legacy special, we still uh, got some we available got, here. We got some here, so yeah, yeah. If you're looking for that. We have some various. And, and it stands alone. I mean, I'm, oh yeah. If you don't know anything about the Marvel universe, you can still enjoy the read. Cool. Um, it's. The other title I, I'd like to maybe, because I like the concept of the Avengers in, what is it, 1 million B.C.? Right. Oh, yeah. That's, That's kind of a kind neat of thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. It really did, the special just in general, really did feel like the D.C. Universe re- Rebirth special from, really you know, last amazing. year. That's solid. Yeah. But it, it even, even even felt like a page from D.C.'s playbook. Oh, I yeah. feel like they looked at that Rebirth special and then they created this Marvel legacy. Maybe it wasn't that cut and dry, but that's the impression I got reading it. One more thing on that Marvel 2 and 1. There's a variant Kirby cover, the T-shirt cover. Yeah. Why yeah. don't they just put out a T-shirt with the... That's what I want, is I yeah. want to buy that shirt. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a weird choice. Yeah. yeah. The Although, unfortunate thing about those variants like that is one of their incentives that are yeah, pretty tough high to get. numbers. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. they had the Doctor yeah. Strange one last yeah. month. And, yeah, and cool, uh, old school art. One good thing, too, I mean, it might bode well for your what you're interested in, Mike, is um, I think... On that Marvel two and one, and in Chips in Chips Darsky writing it, and he's really he's really a great, yeah. he's a really good writer. He's a clever writer. Yeah, very clever. So I think that bodes well for that. Page eighteen. The only reason, again, I don't read Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, but I like the uh, Mobius homage Silver Surfer cover. Right. Uh, I do. I do like. I do like that one. And then uh, let's see. I'm I didn't page... even notice that. That's great. <laughs> page twenty-one, one hundredth issue. Now here they keep the original numbering. Right. They go to issue one hundred. It tells the suspense. Um, so it tells the suspense is back. So on page twenty-one, I'm up to twenty-nine. Somebody uh, stop me. I haven't been reading Amazing Spider-Man right now with this run, but I've just been noticing there's a lot of great Alex Ross covers that he's doing right uh-huh. now. Uh, we've got the seven ninety-two as part of a Venom story. We've got this really cool, monstrous, real veiny-looking uh, Venom. But again, it looks like somebody's silhouetted out here, and we don't know who that is. There's no way Alex Ross is just using negative yeah. space like that. Right. That's obviously a Photoshop edit for some reveal. Mm-hmm. But I've just been noticing the really nice Alex Ross covers they've had. Okay, folks, you just witnessed a true artist professional, someone who knows art, to <laughs> observe or make an observation that none of us else, no one else here could have made. So yeah. thank you, Dan. Well, I also called it Blue Beetle died a few years ago from the shadow of the uh, goggle on that cover that the, him and Jim Lee did <laughs> thank goodness back I didn't in the know day. Because that was a true, <laughs> that that one kind of freaked me out when yeah. I read it. Yeah, I, I was I was looking at that cover like, who's that a silhouette of? Not that many guys have goggles. It's got to be Blue Beetle. <laughs> Very well done. Page, you know, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm just saying that you talked about, uh, you know, Wade. The reason to read Captain America and the relaunch of it um, is Wade and Samney. Wade and 
Jesus Saiz that I mentioned about being the artist right. on on uh, Checkmate, mm -hmm. you know, 10, 15 years ago, his art, if you haven't really paid attention, it's some of the best. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. He also did that Manhunter, um, the female Manhunter, uh, the right. woman attorney. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's another reason, Mike, um, I'll be okay. on the Avengers. Yeah, that, that, okay, <laughs> the Avengers too? Back, back on 29, I just, we already talked about Captain America, but... Ron Lim was my artist from Silver Surfer for a very long time, and he was on Captain America, and he's got a, a variant cover this month on the Captain America book. But I just I just got to throw out Ron Lim whenever I get the chance. Yep. So <laughs> he did. Uh, didn't he do? It was uh, with Perez. He did the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh yeah, he oh, did yeah. that. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he goes way back to like Eradicators and X Mutants, and I mean, he's done all kinds of stuff. And uh, you don't hear a whole lot about him anymore, but. Uh, I'm up yeah. on 35 next. I guess I scared every month. Is this gonna be the last? Is this gonna be the last Jane Foster oh, yeah. issue? Jane so I mean, she's still here. She's still here at this yeah, point. Okay. So you know, I, I got I had her her role in Legacy was just great. She talked like I mean, she talked like Thor, the male Thor. She mm -hmm. it wasn't like a diminutive. No, she was bad a. S S. <laughs> Can we say that? Yeah. yeah. She was awesome, and that was one of my favorite characters in that legacy issue. I love Jane Foster Thor. That is, she's one of my I favorite do, yeah. comics right now. It's just, huh. it is just so good, and uh, I'm, I'm gonna be upset whenever that. We know it's got to end at some point. <laughs> and, and seriously, I mean, when you have a character that's dealing with cancer in the Marvel universe, that's one thing that they don't. The only time I know that they've kind of skipped over that was like within the Doctor Strange, the Oath, where he got Wong the cure. But for the most time, when a character like Captain yeah. Marvel or whatever, that's a, they don't they don't just it's, toss that to the side like they yeah. do a lot of other. It's things. surprising too that it's still going on because Ragnarok is a little over a month away yeah. from being released. I, you would think for sure they would be up to speed right. with mm -hmm. you know classic mm -hmm. Thor before the movie ha comes out. But yeah. that go, that speaks to the again I don't know enough about Marvel to really speak much on it. But what I hear is the disparity between the comics and the movies is what has kind of. It hasn't drawn any new readers in because right. they're not the same characters. Not as the same characters. Yeah. Uh -huh. Right. But Thor is the Mighty Thor is absolutely a book to be reading absolutely. every month or trade or and whatever. It's, it's good, it's good, good. It's really good. Jason Aaron and his daughterman. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard to go wrong with Jason Aaron. It seems yeah. like just in general. Uh, on page 38 here, we have the uh, Marvel graphic comic box for Phoenix Resurrection, mm -hmm. where this is just, you know, a short box you can keep your books in. But, you know, if you're just starting out, have a smaller collection, this is probably something good to pick up that's fun. I've had some of my same short and long boxes for almost 20 years now. They're all beat up and banged around. I wish I'd had, like, more colorful boxes like this to start with instead of just looking at a wall of white mm -hmm. all the time. So... You know, I think it's kind of neat thing. Yeah, it, it is, you know, you know it, it, it's definitely. Yeah, and I picked up the Secret Empire one that they did earlier because I thought, oh, this is a really cool way to tie into their big summer event. And now it seems like they're doing them every month, so maybe it's not as special, but it's you know, it's a cool thing. You know, something a little different makes you know a little nicer boxes. You know, mm -hmm. comic comics are colorful. Your collection should be too, to an extent. I'm up to page fifty-three. I'll, just, I'll go ahead and you guys can backtrack. But I'd miss yeah. that Chris Sprouse was the artist on Black Panther. Oh, Does, was no, he no. on last month, too, or was this his first month on that book? Man, I couldn't yeah. say. I didn't catch that either. Yeah, so he's I, – I, 
enjoy always enjoyed his art. So um, yeah. I, I've noticed that either. I just never get past the Stell Freeze covers because I loved his oh yeah his covers back in what was that Shadow of the Bat? Yeah, yeah, that he did back in the nineties. That was just great stuff. Yeah, he drew the best ass bats, you guys. <laughs> 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 I, I seriously loved yeah. his rendition of that character back then. I haven't been reading Black Panther, but I am really intrigued to see that what they talked about. Again, I'm talking about Legacy. It's the right. one Marvel book I've right. read that I read, but. Speak the, the I they're talking about, you know, there being a intergalactic civilization that's tied to the Wakanda, you know, the nation that, that, right. that was settled in the Wakanda, which is to me that sounds pretty cool. I mean, you know, I mean, all that technology they have, right? That that that, that really sounds yeah. like a cool concept. Now I've heard that Tanahisa Coates is a very dense and hard to get into writer, even more so than Priest. Which is ironic because Priest spent all those yeah. years on Black Panther, building it up. Yeah. yeah so, I, but I don't know. I can't speak from firsthand. Experience. The I, I'm through the first trade. I, obviously, I'm way behind on Black Panther, but it it was actually it was pretty good. I I liked it quite a bit. So I think it's a pretty good read. So if if you can stand and not have constant action and right. subplots and all that type right. of stuff, which I enjoy that in comics, so I think that's a good one to read. I'm I'm up to 95 now. I'm, well, I'm going to stop at 77. All right. Where we have <laughs> X-Men Grand Design Number 1 by Ed Pisker, who I mentioned before, mm-hmm. uh, creator of Hip Hop Family Tree, which is I found to be a great book. Uh, it's sort of a history of uh, hip hop and rap music. If you love rap, and as you can tell, we're all, all of us here are from the streets. <laughs> it is an, it is an amazing book for what is mostly just an oral history of that music, but Ed Pisker is made it so accessible and such a fun read and he has created the artwork of the books to look like they are from the early 80s when all this was happening so <laughs> the pages are yellowed every now and then there's somebody's name written on a page for no reason like <laughs> a back issue you'll find somewhere That's uh, it's only two, it's only two issues too so yeah well this is also i uh, have kind of been reading about this he just announced this project at san diego and i think this is uh, volume one is what okay. it's going to be i think there's going to be some more so he's kind of taken the formula he's approached to the hip-hop world to the X-Men, you know, continuity-wise. So this will be sort of an in-story history of the X-Men, kind of presented the same way. And we still have the same sort of old-school-looking art with the sort of yellowed pages and things here. So I'm really interested to see where he goes with this and how he kind of condenses down the X-Men's history the way he's been doing with rap music. I don't have anything else until Darth Vader. I don't know if anybody else has anything. Uh, It looks like we, in the solicit here, it reads, As the threat of the Jedi continues to menace the fledgling Empire, Vader finds himself on the trail of Jedi his master has commanded him to keep alive. (laughs) It looks like from this shot that they are in the uh, library that we saw in the prequel movies. And I'm assuming the shadowy figure in the foreground is the keeper of the library from the uh, Jedi Temple. So I assume that's who Palpatine is ordered to keep him alive. So that's kind of interesting. We'll see, you know, you would assume that she's being kept around due to her knowledge and, you know, the dark side wants to manipulate her in some way. So I feel like that's an interesting story that they could tell in that book. I was just noticing how many Black Panther... Movies coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, movies, movies coming. coming. Was it, movies. Is it January? Is it January or? Uh, it, it, I don't know, but it needs to be February. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope that's what they do. They're even selling a digest, Black Panther digest. Mm-hmm. Is that is that working with Archie like they were? 
I, I think, the only digest I think so, yeah. yeah. For the distribution? Yeah. And what page is that on? That's on 108. Oh, well, I'm going to go back to 95 then. Cause well, I'm, I'm going to go back to 93. Then so I'm going to stop. What do you think of that? Well, You're going to go 93. Uh, here Dan, on again? 92 and 93 here, it looks like we've got a bunch of True Believer specials coming out. Uh, and it looks like these are all Phoenix-related yep. because of the Phoenix Resur- Resurrection, Resurrection storyline. And uh, if you don't know, those are reprint issues that they offer for a dollar. Yep. So I get uh, the Marvel Unlimited subscription, so I read a lot of my Marvel digitally. Again, but, but, <laughs> but I picked up a bunch of these uh, they did for Kirby's uh, centennial birthday, mm-hmm. and I thought they were really fun. It is, you know, there is something to actually reading the physical book like that, and so I might pick up some of these. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why they, they put the, the Jean Grey X-Factor FF issue but they didn't do the Jean Grey Avengers issue. That was the two part of oh, that. They huh. should have. They should have done both of those issues. I don't know why they didn't do both. Yeah, and it doesn't say. Yeah, because it just says it reprints the one, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That's weird. So they should have. Ninety five. At this point, I'm assuming this is the next to the last Jane Fo- Jane Foster Thor trade. So the, that's definitely one to uh, uh, pick up. Again, it's a terrific story. So can't go. I can't say enough about that one. Um, Look at the definition. I mean, she is definitely the Marvel uh, Wonder Woman. I yeah. mean, you, you normally you think, well, it's probably got to be She-Hulk. But those the, the arms that, mm-hmm. uh, I guess that's Donnerman's art, but that's well done. If anybody should be, uh, any female in the Marvel Universe should be well-defined, it should be a female Thor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, page 101, uh, Panther's Quest uh, reprints a Don McGregor story. Uh, back from what Marvel Comics presents or something like that. So it's kind of like a there's kind of like this Don McGregor unofficial trilogy of Black Panther stories, and I think this is the middle part. And then Panther's Prey was like the the third part of that unofficial uh, trilogy. So this is an and again Gene Colan art um, and cover this cover by Bill Reinhold. You don't see his name floating around a whole lot anymore. Um, so that was kind of neat to see on on that issue. And I just. I don't know what it is about these coloring books that they have coming out now. So there's a Black Panther coloring book, and anytime you see you know, penciled by various, you know there's got to be at least a couple of Kirby's in there someplace. Especially right. when we talk about talk about uh, Black Panther. So yeah, yeah. I just think with the comic industry in general, that's got to be a no-brainer. You've yeah. got black and white art as part of your production process. Why not, you know, exploit it this way? Yeah. Uh, back on '98, we've got the Star Wars Legends Epic Collection Legacy Volume Two. Uh, Legacy, the Legends banner is sort of what they published the old Star Wars stuff under. Uh, Legacy was a book that Dark Horse Dark did Horse, yeah, when right. they had the Star Wars license for so long. Now Marvel's reprinting it. Uh, Legacy was, I feel like, one of the better books they did by John Ostrander. Uh, it was about 100 years after Luke. Uh, it's one of his descendants who's just sort of a bounty hunter scoundrel kind of character now and sort of his struggles with the Force and that kind of thing. Uh, it was definitely darker. Uh, Luke appeared as a force ghost when he was high, basically, <laughs> uh, is what you had in that. Gotcha. But it was a really fun book. It wasn't too tied down to any of the other continuities, so they kind of do what they wanted with it. Mm-hmm. And that was a really fun book. I, I assume Volume 1 came out and I didn't see it, but... If you like Star Wars books, it's definitely one to pick up. So why is Marvel reprinting the Dark Horse stuff, 
but they're letting IDW print new books. I don't understand. That yeah. doesn't make one in the IDW heck is going on there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were right there with the Dark Horse stuff, too. The day they got the license, all the comicsology Star Wars was rebranded Marvel. Wow. Like, oh, they yeah. were on top of it. They knew it was coming. They were ready for it. How are they treating this stuff now that this is Dark Horse stuff and they're reprinting? Is it all canon? Do you know how? You know what I mean? I, don't, I assume no. I think it's. I think EU. You know, has always been okay, kind of iffy with kinda, Star Wars stuff in know. general. But yeah, this is definitely. Well, see, that's the thing though too. Specifically with Legacy, it's so far in the future. This is after Luke's dead. Oh, huh. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you're reading the Marvel Star Wars books now, it's not really going to be any crossover with that. Gotcha. I can't think there's going to be too much that would contradict anything that far ahead. Okay, so that's probably... Same thing with, like, Knights of the Old Republic. That was set, like, 4,000 years before the movies. Mm -hmm. And then you had, like, the Darth Bane stuff that was in the past. So it's like, you can still enjoy these books on their own. Gotcha. You know, it doesn't really contradict the monthly stuff that they're doing. Okay. Now, the stuff that's all... It seems like every time a company picks up the license, they want to do what happened after a new hope mm -hmm. so you've probably got five different versions of those stories right, out there right. they probably all contradict each other you know page 110 i'm gonna throw out the reprinting of the first trade of uh, power pack just because it's a it would be a terrific comic to get a young reader you know who likes to read interested in comics you know you can't imagine any you know teenage young teenage kid not imagining getting superpowers so there's a story about young teenage kids who all of a sudden have superpowers and it's it's pretty intelligently written, you know, Louise Simonson. So it's something to for a young reader to, to think about. And you can get a lot of those if anyone wants to go back and dig through uh, back issues. There's a lot of power packs. I know, I, I know for sure there's at least one issue of uh, issue number one back there. Yeah. So <laughs> I saw that the other day. So that's it for me for Marvel. Well, on, one, on page 116 here, we have Punisher Max, the complete collection, volume seven. Uh, I don't want readers to be put off by that Volume 7 tag. This collects Jason Aaron's uh, entire Punisher Max run that he did from issue 1 to 22. Uh, this sort of uh, takes off where the uh, Ennis run ended. And, again, like we were saying earlier, it's like Jason Aaron could do no wrong. I'm really only a fan of really Garth Ennis's and a little bit of Chuck Dixon's Punisher runs. Jason Aaron did a great job, though. It's it's basically in continuity with the Ennis runs, but it brings in Kingpin, Bullseye, and Elektra. And just, like, how would Frank Castle deal with these characters, you know, aside from, you know, the regular Marvel continuity. So you can kind of... They definitely did some more interesting things with that, and it is a great kind of end to that run of the character. Um, you don't need to read one through six to enjoy this. But read one through six anyway, because they're great. <laughs> but this really kind of stands on its own. I'm surprised they are doing it as volume seven, but I know it was part of the Punisher Max line, so I assume that's why. But it's a really good read, and there's some really great stories in there. Uh, right after that, too, we have uh, Cable, the Nemesis Contract. <laughs> uh, this was a run I've kind of been interested in for a while because we have some really good penciled issues by Jose Ledron, I'm assuming is the pronunciation. He did a real Kirby-esque sort of version of Cable there for a couple years. Uh, it's something I've always kind of been on the fence about finding and tracking down, and I know we have some of them in the back room here, but I thought that's just an interesting run, and I'm not sure why they're reprinting it right now. I don't know if it ties into anything, but... You well, know. There were some there were some things about the death of Cable and like on mm -hmm. a Deadpool issue. Of course, you know that's not going anywhere. But they right. made a, and they, he's supposed to be in the second Deadpool yeah, movie, right? Deadpool. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So there was, maybe they're getting ready for that. Who knows? Yeah. 
uh, in the in the posters here, we've got a cool Marvel two in one poster of Alex Ross's variant cover, and you get to see what they look like this month. So. Hoorah. Well, except for the two at the bottom. Right. We've right. got an Avengers by, I assume that's Mark Brooks poster and then a Guardians one. But yeah, and there's uh, Ed Pisker poster too of his X-Men Grand Design covers. And I think that's it for me for Marvel. You guys good? Back, back of the book. I'm good. Page page 252 um, under Abstract Studios, uh, the second and final trade of Terry Moore's uh, Motor Girl. And if you missed the first trade... You can actually order both of those this month, so you can get volumes one and two, and that is a, a pretty good story. So I've le- read the first trade, and I'm, I'm ready to read the second trade on that one for sure. At the bottom of that page, we have Rock and Roll Biographies, System of a Down. If you're a big <laughs> System of a Down fan, here you go. Um, it's and written by Mar- Michael Oshanker, who did a book I picked up years ago called Holy Ghost El Gato, which was about a luchador superhero character. And I don't know if I've seen anything from him since. <laughs> so that's kind of an interesting thing. I'm not sure how he got involved in this or what the backstory of this project is, but that kind of stood out to me. Uh, I don't think I have anything else again until Antarctic. Well, I'm to 296 is all okay. where I'm at. Uh, okay. Uh, we're, on this, we're on the same page, so you go until you hit 296. Uh, the only thing I want to point out was Antarctic seems to do uh, one sort of interesting T-shirt every month. Uh, this one is a takeoff of the MOB logo with not Luke Skywalker and the little training droid that just says Jedi at the bottom. Oh, yeah. I think that's kind of a cool graphic yeah. T-shirt. Yeah. I assume it skirts copyright law somehow, but it's an interesting shirt. Get it while you can, I guess. Uh, after that, we're going into Archie, and we've got Mighty Crusaders number one. Uh, written by Ian Flynn, who had a long run on Sonic at Archie, and then he also did the New Crusaders that came out a couple years ago. And again, this is Archie's Golden Age superhero characters that they try to revisit every few years. My history with these kind of go back to the 90s Impact books that they did in conjunction with DC that I really enjoyed. Uh, I'm going to check this out. Hopefully they make a go of it this time, because I like the New Crusaders, but it didn't stick around for too long. I'm almost certain that the shield predates Captain America. I've heard that too. I can't remember I, right off. I, I, I wasn't there. <laughs> well, there was. Well, there was. That's the reason why the the shield changed was because of the shape matched another character. So that's why they went to the oh, circle Captain, shield. Caps. Yeah, right, that's why they went right, to yeah, the circle right, shield because yeah. they didn't want to fight a lawsuit, right, so right, they uh, switched it. Switched the shield, so. But Captain America is still a better character. So. <laughs> Two ninety six. You go. Two ninety six. You go. Just, I mean, it's it intrigued me because um, stories with a religious context are a you know, no matter how much they sort of um, uh, teeter on the edge of sacrilege, I, I'm sort of tempted to read. Then again, I'm also, I don't want to be, you know, I don't, I don't, this this is called Judas Number One. Uh, it's a four-issue series. And uh, Jeff Loveless is a, he's a award, an award-nominated writer. He's, he's, I think he wrote for, uh, he wrote Marvel's Nova. Um, but he's taking, he's exploring the biblical character of Judas and uh, sort of uh, how it played into the, you know, the quote-unquote, the greatest story ever told and how Judas's actions um, 
you know, was a sacrifice in itself. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely interested. If I read the first issue and I'm, you know, it, it goes too far, then I'll probably peel back. But. <laughs> I'm in the exact same boat as you on that. I, I enjoy things that have an apocryphal feel to them when it, with regards to religious writings, things that are kind of outside of, uh, you know, what you would normally get. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested. And this is kind of like why I like the first and the third Indiana Jones movie and don't care for the second right. one because I can relate to the, what they're searching after in, in the first and the third, and the second one is it's, just a nonsense story to it's me. It's not so. because the second isn't that good. Well, it's also it also <laughs> has to do with that, you know. So, But, yeah, anything, any type of apocryphal thing right. like this, I usually I usually something I have an interest in. So I'm, I'm going to give that one a shot too. So, But I'm like you. I'm, sometimes you're kind of concerned about, you know, what that actually could uh, could be talking about. So, yeah. um, my next thing's on. Uh, oh, just turn over next page. Unless you were going to say something about it. Well, real quick side note on the Judas thing. Did they come out and confirm that Phantom Stranger in the DC Universe is Judas? I feel like they were heading that way a few years ago was, in the New um, Fifty Two. There, there was an issue of Secret Origins, I believe. You know, for for it was the it was that issue. That is this the 80s gave, series? Gave us four. It was the 80s okay. series that uh, Roy Thomas, right, his his brainchild, and really did a lot of Golden Age characters, of course, because that's what Roy wanted, and he deserved it because you know they took his Earth two away from him, right? Rest, but they, it was one of the best issues of any comic I've seen in a long time. It gave four possible origins of the Phantom Stranger, one of which was that he was Judas Iscariot. And he was forever damned to walk right. the earth. Um, since then, I believe that is the origin that they have considered yeah. the official origin, which it, I think that was under Dan DiDio's. Yeah, I think during the New 52, they had him yes. start wearing a necklace of the 30 pieces of silver. Oh, and I, so I feel yeah. like I was. I think it was in the Trinity of Sin, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that sounds. And like right. around the Pandora stuff, and I didn't pick up any of that, but mm-hmm. I think that's where that was going. It's. it's it, they should have left it alone. Yeah. Leave it alone. <laughs> Stranger's a character you don't need to know his origin. You don't. Right. Yeah. You he's, take away from some characters when you fully really explain he's a, he's a stranger. Yes. <laughs> you know. Dan, come on. <laughs> Sit back. Let some other people write. Uh, Page back two, in two ninety. Okay. You well, I got something back on two eighty eight right, real quick. We're a couple weeks from Halloween right now, and we have some Nocturnals uh, trades by Dan Brereton being reprinted. Why aren't these out already? <laughs> Why aren't these out in time for Halloween? That's yeah. the perfect time to be p- picking up the Nocturnals and his work. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Dan Brennan's art, though. I, I tried. Uh, he did a, was it the Seven Caskets or something? He did a Justice League uh, prestige one-shot that uh, I want to say it was the yeah, Seven Caskets. Something like that. The story that. was very good, but I yeah. just don't dig his art. I really liked him on Batman Thrill Killer. That he did. Oh, right, it was sort yeah. of an alternate 60s, yeah. you know, Batman, Batgirl, Robin thing right. that I really liked. Uh, I think he's kind of hit or miss. Uh, but I think just from, you know, a marketing standpoint, why wouldn't you have that out before sure, Halloween? Yeah. 298, uh, there's an Expanse uh, graphic novel. Uh, that's a book that was made into a TV series on the Sci-Fi Channel. The The show on Sci-Fi is really, really good. This is a prequel to that uh, story, so I'm going to be picking that up reading that one uh back on 292 under bongo comics we have spongebob comics number 75 and i don't really read spongebob but this is a special issue done by james kachalka uh-huh. uh, indie superstar uh kind of doing his take on spongebob so this looks pretty interesting i might check that out my daughter megan is a huge spongebob yeah i mean going back because she grew up with it yeah i mean seriously 
I'm up to 352, so well, you go. Back on 320, you. we've got Captain Canuck, year one, number one. Uh, it seems like they've been trying to rebrand or reinvigorate this character the last few years. I think there was a free comic book day special a couple years ago. This one <laughs> stood out to me because one of the writers is Jay Baruchel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't realize he was involved in this. I have no idea. Uh, you know, from Tropic Thunder. Right. <laughs> you oh, know, and the Sorcerer's Apprentice, maybe. Kind of yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, I found that to be interesting. I also saw the artist by Marcus Toe, who had a great run on Red Robin a few years ago. Uh, I don't know if he's had a project that high profile since. I think he did the New Warriors run on Marvel a couple years ago. And then we've got a cover by David Finch. So this might be the Captain Kennock book I have to pick up. <laughs> and it's got like an introductory price, I'm assuming, of one ninety nine. So Oh, no, that's ongoing. Yeah. Sticks, right? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Drawing the line at 199, <laughs> are they? Is that what's going on? Yeah. yeah. Uh, on 329, we have a book called 10 Frames Per Second, which is a hardcover where uh, this artist, Johnny Wu, has done a lot of really interesting photography with, a- with action figures and things like that. There's some really cool shots here. Uh, I think I've seen some of his work online, and this is, I assume, is just a collection of that, but I've got some pretty interesting uh, shots here that he's set up. Three, uh, two is where I'm at. Okay, so you go to uh, 351. <laughs> I just want to point out, uh, for you know people who might just be getting into comics, we've got the uh, Overstreet comic book price guide, which is kind of the industry standard. Uh, here they also have the Overstreet Guide to Collecting Comics, which might be useful if you're just getting into it. And then we've also got the Guide to Grading Comics, which I picked up a few years ago, and I find that to be really helpful. Mm-hmm. But there's some other sort of you know uh, reference guides here for people that might just be now be getting into comics. If you're a comic cover person, on page 352, they're reprinting the Photo Journal Guide to Comics. I know you've got a set of those on the shelf, but I think these might be based on the. Oh no, actually they're. Well, they're 30 bucks for the Marvel ones, so I don't know if those are hardcover or soft. They say hardcover, so they are hardcover books of those, and uh, they have if you, they have lots of covers. So if you're a cover person, like to just sit and look at covers, you might want to pick those up. And you can come in and pick up the ones on the shelf here that Mike's already got here. I typically, um, I'll, I'll go online. There's a comicspriceguide.com that I'll go to just to grade what I have. But every five Six seven years, I need to get a new Overstreet. Yeah, and I'm doing. Yeah. I think the last one I got was 2010. So I mean, the way those run lately, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a good. If you don't have one, get one. But you know, once you have one, it seems like even more and more, especially lately, Scott, you probably back me up on that. It seems like the only thing that changes, like within just one or one volume to two volumes, is key issues. Key issues. Yeah. You know, everything yeah. else pretty much just stays the same. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's that's what I've found this year. Uh-huh. You know, just from going around to the local conventions and stuff, and my buddy Josh kind of informing me some of the stuff I've got that I bought years ago yes. has really spiked. Yes. <laughs> you know, I've got some early key Harley Quinn issues that I bought for two bucks when they came out. Some of them are going for like four hundred dollars now, yeah. and I. I just like, oh, I've got that. I don't pay attention to what that book's going for now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I need to put that up. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, so the moral of the story is get a guide if you don't have one already, and it'll last you for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But definitely get the grading comics. I Yeah, it's very yeah. helpful. I got, I I got the original version from back in the 90s, and it was just impenetrable. Uh, it was so he had a hundred point scale. It was just ooh. I was you know a teenager. I could barely make sense of it. <laughs> the revamp version they came out with a couple of years ago is way more streamlined. I think it's a ten point system. I think that's probably what he's yes. still using. Mm-hmm. 
you know, wait, and they and a lot of great pictures in it. Yeah. Just, That's what all the grading services base yeah. their numbers off of is that ten point scale. So it's yeah, it's and just really great that. examples of every grade and different yeah. permutations and kind of damage and what to look for. It's like not cramped. It's like one yeah. one cover yeah. per page. page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it points out chips. You know, corner folds. You know this. And yeah, that. It and again, it's like I'm not selling comics to everybody all the time. I don't need to know the minutia of it, but it makes me more aware of what I'm looking for when I go buy stuff. Mm-hmm. Here's you know, what I can't understand. You got this comicbuyersguide.com. Why doesn't Overstreet have an ongoing real-time grading website even even sell it as a subscription service where you you know you can put your collection in as an online, mm-hmm. you know, put it in a database, but mm-hmm. to me you could you could get some subs- subscriber revenue yeah. right by having that online. I mean, it's it's granted it's it's nice to see it, this in a, in a is book. Is he? Are they associated with ComicPriceGuide.com? No, I don't not at all. So. Okay, no, I don't believe so. Yeah, the other thing, too, is really kind of watch for the Overstreet. That does, I mean, there are other price guides out there and things like that, and there have been fly-by-night ones over the yes. years, but it, Overstreet has been kind of the industry standard for a long time. Yeah. Wizard, Wizard Magazine. <laughs> yeah, Wizard, and their inflated prices. But, hey, it told me my wet works number one was worth 20 bucks before it came out. There you go, yeah. So, what's wrong with that? And for everyone... Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. No, I was just, I was going to say, you know, I did buy a, a database program here that, mm-hmm. you know, you get subscription service you know you pay so much per year and you get updates and everything like that that's not it's called comics base and it's very informative it's good it's not tied at all to overstreet but they do have their own marketplace online and it so it kind of is live pricing but what it tends to be is i don't know that this program makes a differentiation between a graded book that sells online oh or yeah graded, because, right. i mean i'll look at overstreet and it'll be like a 20 dollar book I look at this program; it's like a two hundred dollar book. I'm like, there's something. That's right. Yeah. Right. And, and don't and don't assume that your ungraded book is going to sell for the same price as a exactly. graded book. Yeah. And it should. You know, yeah. it's it's it's, not. it's night and day with that yeah. stuff. Well, you said you you bought Comic Base. I looked uh, at Comic Base, but uh, I could tell it was more. It was a product more for stores. It had right. more features that would benefit a store. Mm-hmm. I bought the uh, collectors or collector Z. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I've got. Oh gosh, I I love it. I spent six months indexing and putting everything in it you know that i had already and right I dutifully put you know put my new stuff in or anything i buy in it right, right away oh, and, yeah. I, and i it is i'm not here to sponsor that right program but yeah. it is really the only thing that's really good that i use ended up using comic base for at this point is making sure you're comparing the book apples to apples because it, right. it comes with pictures yeah of all covers you know that kind of you can blow up to look at there's so many different covers or variants or variations. Is this the book that I'm really looking at? So I use it more for information. It's great for information about individual. It covers like 400,000 books. You know, right. I mean, through all eras, you know. So you, you can find out what you're looking for and then kind of look at Overstreet, what it's doing, you know, look out online, see what people are actually paying for the book. Yeah, well, that's that's the real value of Overstreet Price Guide is not the pricing that you get uh-huh. from Overstreet, but the information about what the key issues are. Here's the first appearance of a character, so you know, yes. yeah. you know which ones. Because, you know, you'll find that on the Overstreet Price Guide, 90% of the books are not accurately priced for what you would actually sell them for mm-hmm. you know you got most of them are, are priced too high anything like anything that's cover price in overstreet is a is a quarter to dollar book exactly. you know and then and then uh anything you know some of the keys you can see those going for double or triple sometimes what they have in overstreet so yeah i think that's i think that's also grade. a bigger thing too in the industry that people don't, i don't think always realize is some of it's regional too you know right. just because right. a book is selling for a lot out somewhere else doesn't mean it is here Mm-hmm. You Very know, true. like Marvel yeah. Legacy, 
how many copies do you still have in the do store of that? Have, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, several. <laughs> you know, some stores sold out though. Right. You know, so it's like yeah. look around. Yeah. But you're you know, exactly too. right. Like we mentioned, like this is such, you know, not promoting one or another. You like the characters you like, but this is just a DC centric store on whole. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, what we sold on Marvel Legacy, yeah, it was nowhere close to the DC Universe Rebirth right. issue. Right. And, you know, and I don't know that it's always been that way, uh, that it's, this is a DC. I think this area being, I, I think a lot is... Just very, together. very, very intelligent customers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying not to be biased because I'm, I'm right. an apologist. I mean, there was a time when I was spending more time apologizing for DC's <laughs> comics and decisions right. than bragging on them. Yeah. And I see Marvel, the prob- The difference to me is is that Marvel doesn't seem to learn from its lessons. Right. And Marvel still leads the pack in sales mm-hmm. overall, by far. Right. Not by far, but su- sufficiently, mm-hmm. that if they fail, the whole industry fails. Right. So we really got to be, I mean, Marvel needs to get it together. Right. What? I've been involved with the store, you know, before buying it last year, I was involved with the store for since like 2000. Mm. So what we always saw was like, because of Marvel's habit publishing wise of rebooting constantly, what we would uh, find, not that DC doesn't, but they usually have a reboot and it lasts for a few years, you know, whereas Marvel's not that way. What we would always find was that like people that have subscription pulls here would put DC on their pull list because it's consistent but we would always sell a lot of marvel off the shelf you know and because people want to be able to not be committed to that book you know right change on a dime (laughs) you know we don't see that as much anymore mostly people you know you know few marvel titles sell off the shelf not a ton but um it's not that it's not good stuff it obviously is it's just you know because it's selling well nationwide just yeah here, I would love to get those numbers. I would like to sell more Valiant. I would like to sell more right. small publisher books. But, you know, people here are DC. So if you're a Marvel fan, come on in and start buying stuff here, man. Let's Please. Some, yeah. Something else that's neat in Previews Magazine is they have the, they, they don't show you the numbers, but they rank the top 100 uh, comic sales. And, like, for June of 2017, the top three selling books were all DC books. But, let's see, 10 of the next 11 are Marvel books. Correct. So, and then you have the one image, Walking Dead, is, you know, the only thing that's ever even close to the top 10. Even in the top, I, don't, I think I'm looking at the top 50, there's only one non-Marvel or DC book. Mm-hmm. Let's see. You have to go to, gosh, I'm looking at this upside down right now. So, 80, 82 to get your second non-Marvel or DC book. So, the, <laughs> out of the top 81 books, there are two that are not Marvel or yeah. DC. So, I'm on page 385, so... Has got anything four through eighty-five? Nope. Nope. All right. Uh, letter forty-four, last volume of Letter forty-four. I read the first uh, trade of that, and it was actually pretty good. But for some reason, I never ever uh, continued in it. Um, so now you're on the last volume, so it's a six-volume series. So that might be uh, something to jump in on. Now that you know there's going to be a, you know, a, a complete story. Um, it actually was pretty interesting. It's got a lot of you know political intrigue and and such. So it's a it's kind of a it was kind of a fun read. That's Charles Soule. Charles Soule, Soule yeah. yeah. He's writing Daredevil. Daredevil, yeah, yeah. He has been anyway, so. Yeah, I'm the 430. Oh, 427. We've got a new uh, number one for Quantum and Woody, uh, which has the most variant cover of all time. Uh, here in the listing, it lists that it has 
It is the first ever embossed lenticular die cut, individually hand numbered and chromium enhanced comic book cover. Before being hand stickered with a randomized fourth figure and printed with two unique foils and iridescent fifth ink. We have an asterisk, ev- everything except glow in the dark. We tried though. <laughs> the spirit of the 90s is alive in Quantum and Woody number one. I'm going to ask Scott because he's the only one here that could. Who does that remind you of? Woody. What person, what what podcast personality? Oh, because of the sideburns? You got, yeah, uh, the, yeah, Murd. Mm-hmm. And I know he's a big Quantum and uh, Woody fan. And well, just, you know, first the chicken or the egg? Did yeah, you know that in the current issue of Batman, that CGS oh is gosh. referenced in that one. So uh, I, I'm friends on Facebook with Pants Christman. Not, mm-hmm. to, not to run off to another podcast. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> intense whatever, CGS. Marvel, I'm, I'm available in Salt Lake here soon. <laughs> um, I, I first noticed. I didn't even. I didn't. Uh, Pants had put a post up of of his. It was a. Uh, Brian Pants, P-A-N-T-Z. In in the War of Jokes and Riddles, the latest issue, one of the two-page spreads was multiple uh, civilian casualties. Civilian yeah. casualties, and it said, you know, so and so strangled by the Riddler, so and so stabbed by uh, Two Face, and it went on and on. On a, towards the bottom of the two pages were. I, I seen the post by Pants, and I was looking at, as I was reading the comic, <laughs> where's somebody, a, a woman named Kelly Shane? Well, one of the podcast podcasters on CGS is Shane Kelly. Mm-hmm. So Tom King's a known, he's appeared on their show before. Multiple times. Multiple times, yeah, he's friends with them. So then all of a sudden I, I sent it to Pants. I said, well, you're not the only guy referenced here, Pants. This is Shane Kelly looks like as well. And he goes, yeah, the whole cast is. So I'm looking mm-hmm. down the line. Brian Deemer, you know, uh, Murd, mm-hmm. uh, and, and of course, this is this is only probably relating to people like Scott and I that listen to the <laughs> podcast. Uh, but anybody listens to Comic Geek Speed, you'll you'll know. But it's pretty interesting. Tom King put their put their their doppelgangers or whatever you want to call it. Is this in that two page spread? They're yes, looking yes. at the victims. Yes, mm-hmm. if there's a copy here. I'll show you. Yeah. If not, I'll send you a picture. <laughs> uh, page four thirty. We haven't dropped uh, Matt Martin's name yet this podcast, and he'll be he'll be disappointed he'll be disappointed if we don't. But he did uh, educate me on the Ninja K question that I had last time. So uh, so apparently, this has now been a retcon where there's actually been a series of these Ninja characters starting with A and working up to the letter K, which is the current one. So that is why it is now Ninja K because and then the next one allegedly will be Ninja L if they were to continue. So thank you, Matt Martin. Uh, for that information, and uh, by the way, there's some Fox and the Hound comic books for you here as well. You can pick those up. Uh, what page are you in? Because I didn't know. Did you pass up? Four thirty. Uh, yeah, four twenty-two. I only there's one um, entry here. I'm a big I'm a big fan of Golden Age comics. Anyway, I, I go online to the um, uh, there's a, a public domain type comic uh, website called uh, Digital Comics Museum that you can go down. You can download digital scans of these old comics that are of characters that are no longer, you know, uh, protected. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of quality characters. So this quality companion for only 32 bucks, if you're a fan of those old characters, and remember, this is where, you know, the Freedom Fighters, Plastic Man, all those characters came from. They weren't even mm-hmm. the Freedom Fighters back then. That that's that was a DC invention. Mm-hmm. That's they just kind of brought all those characters like Phantom Lady, the Ray, 
uh, Uncle Sam and Black Condor into one group back in the seventies. Um, but there, the the no pun intended quality of those issues is amazing for the nineteen forties. I I, I I I can't quote who all the um, the creators are offhand, but if you like that kind of old stuff, go back and get this companion and get on Digital Comics Museum and read some of the, the old stuff for free. Is that Tomorrow's publishing that? I guess, uh, I'm assuming. It's I think it's on their page. Yeah, yeah. yeah Tomorrow's makes some great, great stuff. stuff. Uh, I got the Batcave Companion that came out a few years ago. I think it's out of print, but if you can pick that up, it's great. They also did the uh, Kingdom Come Companion years ago that lists like every cameo, all this design work that Alex Ross did for the book. And it became a legal issue with DC by the time they actually published it, so it's very hard to get now. But if you ever come across that, pick it up. It's definitely worth it. Yeah. I've only got one thing left on 441, so you guys take it till you get to there. I'm past that. Uh, well, the only thing I have left is on page 441. Uh, there's a Splatoon uh, a graphic novel uh, from Viz Media. So those of you who are, I know there are a lot of people who are into that game, uh, Nintendo game. So that would be something to take a look at. And they've done, uh, I guess, manga for like you know Legend of Zelda in the past as well. So that's uh, just another Nintendo character or set of characters that are, are hitting comics now. And that's that's it for me. So you guys finish her up. Well, I don't have anything until 4.56 where we're kind of in the art book section. Uh, again, more Dan Brereton stuff that's, okay, it's coming out in time for Christmas. Why not Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> but then we've also, I just, it seems like a no-brainer to me. Uh, we also have Joe Sinnott embellishing life. Uh, I feel like it's rare that we see the story of an inker. You know, now again, this is Joe Sinnott, you know, who inked Kirby, you know, did a lot of Fantastic Four and other work with him. So if anybody was going to, I would think it would be him. But, you know, that's kind of notable for that. Um, if you guys have anything else, there's also uh, Batman Nightwalker. Looks like it's a young adult novel coming out by Marie Lou. Uh, it's reading the description. It feels like this could almost be like a Gotham novel. I'm kind of surprised it's not tied into the show. Uh, I don't have anything again until the shirts with graffiti. What page is that? That is 476. I didn't plan on mentioning this, but on page 467, those of you who are Doctor Who fans, we are getting a uh, female doctor for the first time. I know that's <gasps> sacrilegious to a lot of people, but I'm, I'm looking, kind of looking forward to those stories because the actress they have that I think is pretty solid. She was in, um, oh, I forgot the name of the show now. <laughs> That was, uh, it's a Netflix series, and it's a, it's British, and I can't even remember, but it's actually pretty good. She plays a mother in that, so I think she's going to do an excellent job, and it gives them a chance to do some really great new um, stories. I keep wanting to say Torchwood, and I know that's not right, because that was the Doctor Who spinoff series, and I'm just now talking, just trying to let it pop into my head. Right. So I'm going to stop talking now and let you guys go on, and I'll just scream <laughs> just it out. Blurt it I'll out just blurt later. it if I go. think of it. So Broad Church, Broad Church oh. on Netflix is actually pretty good. So and she's in that. That so worked you, out well for yeah, you. Yeah. So if you want to, if you want to get a feel for her as an actress, watch Broad Church. So there we go. <laughs> uh, on 476 in the graffiti design section, we have a metal shirt tying into the current DC storyline. Uh, this one's kind of cool. It's got you know sort of the cover art on the front, but then on the back it has the uh, tour which are all the individual issues that the story crosses over into, you know, so it's sort of presented as a, you know, rock tour shirt. 
So that, that's kind of a cool oh, concept, cool. kind of yeah. keeping with the metal theme they've been doing with that. Yeah, yeah those titles are great. Could they, you know, the yeah. name of the event's metal, and all those tines are doing. Could they be more metal? Oh, yeah. They drowned. Yeah. Dawnbreaker. Dawnbreaker. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Like, it's just so yeah. Oh, yeah. Murder machine. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Red Death. Merciless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on 480, we have some more uh, Geek Chic merchandise. We have a uh, Arkham Knight Batarang letter opener. Yes. I oh. will be using that to impale criminals. <laughs> with... Very small criminals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it looks like they also have the uh, the Wonder Woman God Killer sword. Yeah. Is there a letter opener possibly? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that just says yeah. sword prop replica. Uh, yeah. So. Well, well, maybe, yeah. I know they were doing a letter opener. That, yeah, that, I that, can't that, imagine yeah. they will. Yeah. So, with that, yeah. on 482, we have uh, WWE Classic Superstar Ric Flair <laughs> Deluxe Robe. Robe. I'll tell you, okay, that's a deluxe robe. That is not as deluxe as some of Ric Flair's robes got. <laughs> I'll say it right now. I don't see one feather <laughs> yeah, on that I robe. Like the feather so, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah there's like. that. We also have a Macho Man robe that looks pretty nice yeah. with his sunglasses on the back. Okay, so Mike, I got a question for you on this stuff in the back. Yes. Do you have trouble getting that sometimes from Diamond, some of the non-comic stuff because of allocations, or if you ever order that stuff, do you tend to get it? We tend to get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't really seem to be a problem. You so know? I think a lot of this stuff probably shows up in other retail outlets, too, yeah. and stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah, it does. Yes. I have, you know, not, haven't really had a lot of call, but uh, to order it, but the stuff we have ordered, we've gotten it, no problem. Yeah. I will take issue with the Star Trek Next Generation tunics not coming in my size. Oh, yeah. I can't. I can't be the only one that's going to run into that problem. You know, I was just... because you know, it's funny how you know people. You know, it's like um, you know, you, you, people divide their their divide themselves between different. You know, it's Cowboys or Steelers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Star Trek or Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I've always because my dad loves Star Trek. I'm, I'm more of a Trekkie. Right. I don't, when you guys start talking about Star Wars stuff, I only know just the bare minimum from mm-hmm. watching movies at the theater. I've never gotten into the comics or the novels or anything. But, buddy, I would love dearly <laughs> to have that tunic mm-hmm. and a phaser and a communicator. Yeah. I mean, well, whenever, for... whenever StarTac came out with uh, the little flip phones that made right. a little sound like yeah. I was... You know, in my forties, and I was going around driving my wife crazy, acting like it was a, <laughs> like a communicator. <laughs> Made me up, Scotty. Well, I tell you what, for the low, low price of five hundred ninety nine ninety five, you can uh, get those tunics because wow. they are pricey. I wonder, do they fit right when you sit down, or you still have to tug them like Patrick Stewart? Yeah, I, I feel know. like you should have to do that. Yeah. It should be required. It's mandatory. Those should it's be tailored. They're going to be authentic. Yeah, they exactly, should be yeah. awkwardly tailored, so you have to pull them down when you sit. Uncomfortable to sit in. Uh, on page uh, 584, if you were looking for alternatives, you mentioned the comic boxes yeah. earlier on. They got a couple more comic boxes on page 584. So it was like a Joker one and then a Defenders team, uh, which doesn't, that's not any Defenders team that I've ever seen before, but uh, there's a Defenders short box because it's got Spider Man and, and uh, Electra on it. And, yeah. So it's Kingpin in the background. I don't know what I guess they're just trying to play off of Defenders on Netflix on that. Right. One. I gotta say on page five hundred seven, the uh, the Batman design of this. Um, uh, oh yeah, that Mezco. Yes. One twelve. Yeah, he is. Uh, I don't know if it's a statue or if it's a. It's it's not a figure, is it? No. Yeah, it's no, I think it is a figure, it right? Is it a figure. Figure, yeah. Okay. Gosh, you can't even see the the joints on, but. Um, 
I love the design because that, that was his golden age. Yeah. That's what he looked like. Yeah. Those 112 really figures good. and Mezco figures are really nice. They're 112 scale, so a six-foot figure would be about six inches. Yeah. But the detail you get out of those, I have cloth costumes, which covers right. the joints yeah. and everything like that. And I've seen better pictures of this. And those little yeah. things that jump out at you, you know, because this is the golden age. He's got the purple gloves. Yeah. I'm more likely you know to buy I mean? it than like, the Billy Batson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a looking sweater. Yeah. I have seen other pictures of this Ascending Night figure we're talking about online. Mm -hmm. It looks like it comes with a lot of accessories. This is actually cheaper than I thought it was going to be, so I'm really on the fence about picking this oh, up now. Oh, yeah. Was They're there really, was there an alternate? Have you ever seen any of those figures? Uh, I don't really know if nice. I have or not. I usually don't pay attention when the figures are that pricey, but this one, you know, yeah. might have to pick up. Yeah, we've had a few people that have ordered some, and there, uh, Tyler has the Flash and the Reverse Flash. Mm -hmm. Those are very nice. They're really nice. So, so on five ten, the, the the Thor hammer, Monier, uh, does that actually pull up out of its base, Mike? Uh, Didn't really say. It, it says roll player hammer, so I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm sure. But yes, it's yeah, sure. the cosplay. It yeah, says full scale electronics. So what does that mean? It probably get like a thunder clap or something like that, you know. So it's probably like oh. flashes or stuff like that. Yeah. See here, Mike. It says, "Are you worthy to lift the enchanted hammer?" So you can probably pick it up if you're worthy. Oh, I see. <laughs> if, if you can wield the power of Thor, you can pick up this I hammer. Don't have to take the if not, if not, you're, it's probably just a paperweight for you. <laughs> yeah. But can it? But can an elevator lift the hammer? Yeah. Does that make it worthy? Right. Uh, back on 502, we've got the Justice League Ultimate uh, Batmobile RC vehicle. This thing, this thing is amazing. Dan showed me. Yeah, this is this was they showed this at Toy Fair this year. This is the most uh, intricate Batmobile I've ever seen. You know, it's a toy and not a real car. Right. It is an RC vehicle. It will tie into your smart device. There are lights inside on the consoles in the cabin of the car. It has smoke it coming out of the exhaust of this car <laughs> mm -hmm. you know say, like the profile like you can like the wheels will raise like yeah it'll raise and lower a little yeah, bit so you can make a low rider out of your batmobile yeah. maybe get some hydraulics <laughs> going with it okay so what's on the ops page what's up with these Tyrion lannister versions of batman and superman i mean they're they're on they're like they're called justice league movie 14 inch team trainer figures they look real stocky and what page is that? I'm not sure how big that is. 503, 14 inch tall. I feel like that's almost like those old wrestling buddy toys, but I don't think they're that big. Yeah, yeah, it's real cartoony looking. I mean, their heads are way bigger than their bodies. I mean, their bodies are big. Right. Hmm. Um, but on the next page, uh, after that's 504 again, I'm gonna hit on the statues again. There's a really menacing, classic yeah. looking Joker uh, coming out from Tweeterhead. You know. They're, Little that's pricey, my Joker. but yeah, that's the that's the Joker. I'm kind of killing joke version. Style, yeah. yeah, it's really nice, but they're branding it with superpowers. Yeah, I don't and know. it is that kind of classic Joker, but this does not say superpowers no. Joker to me. No, right. no. I think that, you know. I don't think that has anything to do with that toy line. This is this says Marshall well. Here, here we have on the 505 on mm -hmm. the ad for it. We have the superpower star so, logo. Yeah, mm -hmm. So they are absolutely tying it they're into that. But I feel like umbrella thing. Yeah, they did a mystery. Or Mixtius Pitalik, you mm. know, thing that was under that brand, right? And stuff like that. The Supergirl we talked about last month is under that brand, yeah. And I don't know if the uh, the, the hyenas is under that brand logo. as well because it's it's, it's yeah. adder, ad, yeah. advertised on the previous page on 504 and it has the yeah. Superpowers logo. Says uh, the sixth in a series, and Joker is the fifth. Oddly the enough, series. the DC Universe big figures right under that look way more like Superpowers yeah, figures sure. mm -hmm. than that yeah. Joker does, yeah. 
Probably just in name only. Then they're probably yeah. But you know, I would love to see statues based on you know Kirby's designs of those characters mm-hmm. from back then. You know, the figures were really nice, even for eighty standards. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so and I know some companies have done like bigger versions of those now with the same sculpt and everything, but. Mm-hmm. On 506, kind of to what Mike was talking about earlier with uh, Billy Batson, is um, Figure Figures Toy Company is the name of the company. They did uh, some Mego-style Batman 66 figures here, and I've gotten a couple of those. They've, they've been coming out for the last couple of years, but I didn't pick up too many of them till recently. But those are really nice figures, too. It is sort of a retro mm-hmm. kind of piece of merchandise for the Batman 60 show. And yeah, they gave us a bookworm. Oh, which okay. is always fun. Uh, what did I have here? And still no Justice League satellite. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. Beat that drum, Mike. You go. On five. Head might answer that. He, they do that real odd kind of stuff, so maybe eventually yeah. they'll get there. If you ever see it before I do, let okay. me know. I will. On 519, we've got the T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one-quarter scale Raphael figure. Uh, I've been burned by some of the NECA stuff they've done the last couple of years, but man, that's a nice looking Raphael. Uh-huh. You know, he's got the trench coat and hat, like from the f- the first first movie, uh-huh. uh, which I loved as a kid, and so that one really speaks to me. Uh, I just don't see dropping the 120 yeah. on that with the luck I've had with those, but it is a nice looking figure. You had an issue with your Batman 66, didn't you? I had a ba- I had an okay. issue with my Batman 66 and my Batman 89. Oh, really? So, yeah, I'll, those will probably be a pass for me, but it looks nice. Uh, on 528, we've got some more Funkos, which will probably just be a regular part of this magazine for years to come. Absolutely. Uh, we've got the uh, previews exclusive Red Sonya bloody vinyl yes. figure. <laughs> when I was glancing through the catalog, I'm like, why did they make a Red Sonya that's broken out? <laughs> because I did not pick it up that that was blood Bloody splatter. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, and there's yeah. some uh, Rick and Morty Pickle Rick <laughs> figures, and I haven't caught the new season, but everybody won't shut up about Pickle Rick, so uh, get those now. Mm-hmm. That seems to be their Funko's go-to variant for the, some of this stuff, because there's a bloody variant of uh, Daryl Dixon. Yeah. And it seems to, I guess Again. it's easy to do some Yeah, just yeah, it's, not a, it's not a lot of extra work. Yeah, just fling yeah. some paint. paint yeah. You're yeah. good to go. Yeah. I do have to say I kind of chuckled at the uh, Ghost Rider pop. You know, it's one of their rides lines, so he's on the health cycle. Right. You know, you get two versions, regular and glow in the dark. It's one of the oversized ones and everything. So it's yeah. issue 15 of uh, Ghost Rider. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I got that glow in the dark Harley, and I don't think that really works too well. Yeah. So I think if I was going to get something like that, I would get the regular yeah. version. Not you know, not green. have an off-white greenish yeah. tint to my Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> On 540, there's a nice uh, Marvel Universe Kai Arts, uh, Play Arts Kai, actually, uh, War Machine figure. I'm not a huge War Machine fan, but this is a really nice-looking figure. Mm-hmm. I've never seen any of those. I, you know, yeah. In person, yeah. They, they look nice. I don't know how they are. Yeah, I've seen a few Probably. in stores. and they, Yeah, that's the thing. I don't have any of them, but they look nice. But, again, okay. $150. I probably won't yeah, be picking that yeah. up either. Mm-hmm. Um we got here oh on 543 going back to doctor who we have a 12th doctor sonic screwdriver universal remote yeah um i got one that came in the big dvd blu-ray set a couple years ago and i'm not sure if this is the same one but it looks pretty similar 
So if you have that box set, you may already have this, but I'm not sure if it's different or not. It does look nice, but it is $120. It does say offered again, so. Yeah. So. Uh, where else do we got here? Oh, on 566, we have uh, some DC collectible things here. There is a Batman Black Tie comic uh, theme one. Which looks like kind of a nice tie. <laughs> I don't. I don't wear too many ties. Uh, but if you yeah. did, but you know, that might be one you would wear. Yeah, I feel like that's sort of a. If you don't want to be super tacky with your Looney Tunes right. tie, this one is kind of black on black. It's a little more subtle. Mm-hmm. All I know is that on page five seventy one, I want a hand of the king replica pen. <laughs> that is pretty darn cool. If anyone here is a Game of Thrones watcher. Uh, watch that. On 579, we have the Ghoulsville Vactastic Plastic Masks. Oh, uh, yeah. Those, those, I thought these look really cool. They're very cool. It's sort of the retro mm-hmm. Halloween masks. They are $36 each. And as you've pointed out many times, we'll come out in December. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they are cool. They got like the. London After Midnight, Vampire, The Man in the Beaver Hat. Yeah, The Martian. Now, these are bigger, though. These are just, according to the listing here, they're just under two feet tall. So this is more more of a decoration. Oh, okay. They're just like a Halloween mask. But again, I'm assuming, you know, it says Vactastic. I'm assuming this is a Vac plastic, you know, very thin kind of plastic mask. Like you got as a kid with a rubber Yeah. And that is nice, but man, I can't see dropping no. that much. And if they were cheaper, I'd buy them all. Oh, I would too. You know what I yeah, mean? I was actually thinking about that. I saw that price. I'm like, Ooh, all right. Mm. They should have asked us. That's right. You would sell more. <laughs> yeah. uh, I made them smaller and lowered the price. I think that's all I've got. While those guys are one. finishing up, double checking the back of the book, there's one thing that you need to come to Campus Comics and check out. I'm sitting here staring at it, is that Mike has a shelf dedicated to some local artists and things that they have done books they produce so i'm sitting here i'm looking at like a nathan bonner and davo book and uh Seamus stone and then there's some stuff from uh justin holman's an art book up there brian rhodes has got his uh new comic big skink tales or from his yeah that's not the name of the book uh, but it's his quote-unquote six company legs, no yeah heart. six legs no heart there thank you and then you got some of the other stuff you can point out there are some of the other local guys that I don't know as well. Right, well, um, we got a print here from, hopefully we'll get more from a local guy named Matt Speroni who finally joined us on Batman Day and we commissioned him to do a print as a giveaway that day. So he's gonna ha- he's got some prints in here. Um, there's uh, some art blade, for, some art blade, some art from uh, Matt Miller that's still in here. Another local favorite. Some uh, some other cool things that get a lot of attention to people coming in the store. Some Halloween or horror style prop bottles that a local author does. He is published uh, author. He wrote a series of vamp- of werewolf books called um, Autobiography of a Werewolf Hunter. But he's done some prop bottles based on classic uh, horror movies, and there's some superhero themed ones over there too. You know, that you could fill with powder, and it says you know like or you know crushed stuff. This is a wolf's bane on it. So. If you want to put together a nice mad lab look display or something like that, they're handy. And he also uh, has some prop newspapers, you know, that cover a lot of movies and things like that. Those are those are popular too, you know, like I've got the Jaws one, you know, at, <laughs> you know, it's got an article in it about Quint or, you know, stay out of the water, mm-hmm. beaches closed for the holiday, you know, stuff like that. So this instead of getting a poster or something like that, you know, for yeah. a room, just hang, frame a paper and hang it on your wall and you know, it's got articles about 
My son-in-law is a big Halloween fan, as in the movie Michael Myers, and there's a bottle over there with it says Michael Meyer uh, knife sharpening oil. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to get that bottle for my (laughs) son-in-law. I also want to point out you have uh, the new novel, The Selection, by Jason J. Nugent, with an with an amazing cover on it. Uh, Just the best. One of the local graphic art geniuses (laughs) does the cover for Jason Nugent's books, and he's sitting right across from me. That's right. (laughs) And I'm actually wearing a Jason Nugent T-shirt right now. Another beautiful design. That's right. Very blue moon burgers. Very cool. Done by our man Dan here. So, uh, yep, come out and support support local guys. You know, there's, you know, it's a lot of talented people in this area. You know, and they're putting out their own stuff, trying to just do their own thing as fans, and you know, so come out and support those guys. Are we done? Are we done? Everybody, genie blast. Yeah, I've I've completed everything. I and I thought I had a pretty comprehensive list, and. I still kind of ran out of things, but we're some people, so yeah. I think I think our work here is done. Yeah, uh, we're, we're oh yeah, we're 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 pushing an hour and fifty minutes right now. Oh, really? So yeah, so we're uh, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So right. so you just want to yeah, you want to take us out? All right, sure will. Um, again, um, come see us at Campus Comics. It's we're the store right here on the Main Street, eight sixteen East Main Street. Uh, we're in Sweet B, right next to Mike's Music and Plaza Records down the way. Again, get get a guitar, buy some CDs, whatever. Come and buy some comics. Um, one thing I would like to let you know is we're talking about the previous catalog. Um, it's not just available for retail retail stores. That's what we used to order, but you can come in, pick up a copy of it. Um, cover price on it's three ninety nine, and make sure because there's thousands of things in this yeah. book that there's no way we can cover it all i mean this thing comes out every month it's like 600 pages of product there's no way we can talk about it all there's bound to be something in there um if you have a pull list here with us add it to your pull list get one every month stay abreast of what's going on um if you don't have a pull list when you stop in just ask about it it's super simple to do and that way you just prevent having to come every week and hoping your favorite books don't sell out uh, super simple will help you get going with that so come in get a pull list set up you know get your previews uh, again that was our address our phone number is uh, 618-457-6011 we're here our hours of operation are uh, Tuesday through Saturday 11 through 6 11 to 6 p.m. so that's our hours just come in and see us all right, and if you want to reach me, Scott Reed, uh, you can get me at birdcomics.com. Search for on Facebook uh, for uh, Bird Comics. If you are also looking for back issues, and if you come to Campus Comics and can't find them in the excellently sorted uh, back room that is now here where there are tens of thousands of books, uh, feel free to send me an email with a want list at admin at birdcomics.com, and I would be glad to see if I can help fill any gaps in your collection. Now, Scott, when I go to look at Berg Comics, is it like Iceberg? It's B-U-R-G. Thank you. B-U-R-G, because that is Harrisburg, uh, which is the town that I currently live in. So Harrisburg, B-U-R-G, comics.com. And thank you for pointing You're that welcome. out. You're <laughs> welcome. Uh, if you want to, this is Dan. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Detective651. Uh, my blog is Detective651.wordpress.com. And I'm Mike Atchison. Uh, I'm on all the... The routine social media outlets, uh, you'll find me. Just look for Mike Atchison in Illinois. There's only one. <laughs> one of a kind. Yeah. But, uh, and I forgot to mention, of course, we're on Facebook, too. Just look us up, you know, Campus Comics on Facebook page. Give us a like. 
keep track of what's happening in the store, what's coming out. So I guess that'll do it for this month's edition of the Campus Comics Cast. Mm -hmm. And we'll get a new previews in in a couple of weeks. Uh, cutoff date for this one, if you find stuff in this catalog that you want to order, is October 27th is when I have to have my orders in uh, for that. So get your order in if there's something you want. Um, and until next month, uh, just keep reading comics and come and see us.